And we are live, Wrestle Purist Podcast, episode 99, hosted by myself, Charlie. We have a bit of a special guest today, Phil Lindsay, world famous from Grapsody, Fightful, Bleacher Report, etc., etc., etc. Many accolades in this business. We're very happy to have him. But yeah, as always, we're going to get into an AW Dynamite review. We're going to talk the latest news. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Edge, uh, some other surprises that may or may not come at Wrestle Dream. And uh, like I said, any other any other news and updates that's worth getting into? First things first, please like, subscribe, super chat. Any questions, any takes, anything like that, we'll read them out. Please hit the notification bell as well. And uh, hope everyone's doing good. And I'm going to start with a special guest, Phil Lindsay. Very happy to have you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm all right. It's very gloomy. I am chuckling to myself because I saw someone in your chat call me CM Phil. Um, that also, that actually used to be my uh, Gmail account. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. You know. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. But yeah, we're um, Charlie. Yes. My Thursday usual. Mm-hmm. My, my fellow co-host, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. I feel like every time I'm on podcast at the moment, it's just like, yeah, just been applying for jobs. That's all I do at the moment. But Depressing yourself, yeah, busy. Time. Yeah, I keep trying to anyways. Yeah, been all right. Excited to talk about Dynamite because it was a very me episode. It I don't was. think other people liked it much, as much, but I had a great time. It ah. was a very... um. It was a very Charlie episode. Like I did find, I actually, actually came to mind like at some point last night when uh, probably during, midway through the second books match, where I was like, "Yeah, Charlie's probably having a really good time right now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it good, good episode though. It was a good episode. Uh, Colorado, I believe it was, wasn't it? Uh, there was around about three thousand people in attendance. Uh, you know, for the things that they got into, they made some good noise and stuff like that. So, yeah, man. Uh, AW Dynamite Colorado. We opened up with. What did we open up? We've opened up with the AW International Total Defense. Ray Phoenix versus Jeff Jarrett, and uh, <laughs> this was an interesting booking because it was a late booking on Twitter, and um, there was a lot, some people pop for it. Charlie, you'll know Alexia was one of them. You know, it was, oh, yes. it was the match he literally asked for. Yeah. Uh, but a lot, a lot of people were kind of like. Jeff Jarrett again, you know, it's like, we've kind of had our thrill with him. He's had a lot lot of total shots, hasn't he, Jeff Jarrett, Phil? Yeah, uh, my immediate response was, how does this man keep getting away with this? I don't know how this guy (laughs) keeps getting title shots, uh, but he somehow keeps doing it. And every time he does it, I'm just like, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. And then I'll sit there and watch him like. Hey, man, hats off, man. The guy still got it. He comes out there, still gets the heat. He still works well, man. He, he has a serviceable match, and I thought this was good. Yeah, man, he, can, he still knows how to work, like you said, to get the heat and stuff like that, and he's always – he's very – it's quite rare that he actually goes out there and, you know, stinks it up, you know. He knows what he's doing out there, and when he's working with someone of the ability of Phoenix, it's like – it's a pretty high bar of how bad it can really be, you know. Um, there was an awkward moment though with the suplex on the outside. Phoenix looks, appeared to land kind of like on his yeah. hip and he was moving a bit gingerly, but he did manage to gut it out and finish the match. So hopefully he is fine. As a there was a there was a little bit of doubt whether he would get cleared for this mm-hmm. match itself, and of course yeah. then that happened on the outside. So again, hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Uh, Charlie, you like the do you like the opener? I 
yeah, for what it was. I, I do enjoy it. Like, I just, I feel like sometimes Tony Khan needs to not put Jeff Jarrett on my TV screen. <laughs> Especially, like, when you're announcing late matches. Throwing up a Jeff Jarrett graphic mm. is like, I what are we doing? Because I was like, oh, they should put Juice Robinson in this spot. Would the match have been as fun? Cool. Maybe not. But it would make sense on the go-home show for Wrestle Dreams. So, but I don't know. The match was good for what it was. So, can't complain that much. It was a presentation of the announcement as well. It's like Tony Khan's yes. like, okay, there's going to be an open challenge. And you're thinking, oh, who's this going to be? And literally, like five seconds later, you just hear Jeff Jarrett come in. To see- yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett comes in, shake. He's ready to go, you know. Telling us that he's won 85 titles throughout his career and all that sort of <laughs> shit. And Tony Khan put it in the tweet as well. <laughs> the 85-time champion, Jeff Jarrett. Wait, he really put that in the tweet? I, I believe so. <laughs> I am sure. I'm not sure. I'm 95% sure on, Tony included the 85-time champion line in his tweet when he did the official wow. announcement. So, um, God bless. Again, hope, hopefully Phoenix is okay. Yes. Jeff Jarrett, you know, we see a lot of you, brother. We see a lot of you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that whole announcement and everything leads me to believe that this was very last minute. Maybe they didn't yeah, think uh, uh, Ray was going to be cleared in time. And so, you know, maybe they just needed somebody to step up. And your boy Double J was like, I'll be that guy. <laughs> because of course know. he was. Of course he was. He's a... Uh... Yeah, not Phil said, man. It's not like he goes out there and stinks it up, you know? He yeah. goes out there, he has a solid performance, he gets the heat, and he knows how to work with said heat, you know? So, yeah. um, God bless. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the Adam Cole, MJF boat trip segment. MJF decided he wanted to take Adam Cole on a boat trip, a little bit of fishing, you know, make him feel a bit better about his injury. Uh, Cole was on crutches at the start of this, which is mm-hmm. the start of the uh, the bad signs, you know, the red flags. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're on the boat. The MJF asked Adam Cole about why he was on the phone so long with Roddy and how he couldn't come out um, for his entrance at Grand Slam. And Cole had to explain to him, like, bro, I've got other friends. You know, it's it's normal. And MJF was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool, bro. It's cool. You want to hold my beer? <laughs> he goes in the cooler, goes to get a beer, but he's not really getting a beer. He's putting on the diamond diamond ring, and we can see we can see it in the background of the shot. And uh, Cole starts to get suspicious, calls calls him out, asks him if that's what he's going to do, if he's going to hit him with the diamond diamond ring and throw him overboard. MJF plays it down. Like, of course not, buddy. I'm not going to do that to you. How could I do that to you? And uh, like I said, they sit down and talk about friendship, and then they get a bite on the fishing line. <laughs> And it is none other than Paul White with a rubber ring floating around in the ocean, you know, because of course it is, you know, that's what you expect to see. <laughs> and um, yeah, they all enjoy beer and we got a lesson in friendship. And uh, MJF, I guess, MJF is just going to have to deal with his friends, having more than one friend for now. But um, yeah, Phil, I don't think we've had a chance to actually talk about these MJF and Adam Cole segments. You know, we've seen many of them now, ranging from gyms to restaurants. Now we've got boat trips where we're catching the big show on a fishing line. <laughs> what do you make? What do you make of them? And what did you make of this one last night? Um, they can be very hit or miss for me. Sometimes they're yeah. very funny. Sometimes I'm just like, I could have done without that one. Um, I don't know. Does this one confirm that it's set in the same universe as uh, Waterboy? Because Captain Insano was here. 
And I mean, Paul White has been trying to get Captain Insano back on TV for his entire time with AEW. And to see that this is finally the way that he managed to slide it in within this MJF and Cole segment. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I thought this segment was good. I think other than some of the other ones where the comedy spots don't land the same for me, uh, this one at least furthered the story and character stuff with them. And so I really yeah. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it served its purpose as well as being, you know, amusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was definitely looking at the screen uh, when we got to the Paul White part, like, where are we going with this? And, and we, <laughs> yeah. we we got like the, the the three of them drinking beer at the edge of the boat afterwards. So I was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> man, Paul White, he, he needed to get his shit in, bro. Oh. You know, <laughs> saw the opportunity. And uh, with these segments, they always find a way to make it like more lighthearted again after mm-hmm. like they do like the deep law stuff. But this was, it just kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. Like, I was like, what is going on in this segment? <laughs> but no, I like the um, like the main core of it, like what they were doing with like further end character stuff. So I'm not going to call it a miss just because of the comedy stuff was a bit insane. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was at least amusing, you know? Um, yeah. I like that Cole is still ahead of him every step yeah. of the way. Every time it looks like he's got one over on him, Cole uh, predicts him before he can do it. Yeah, he's uh, a little bit too sharp for MJF's usual games that he's yeah. uh, that he tries to play. But we'll yeah. see how this uh, we'll see how all this unfolds. Of course, we're going to get to the big question at the end of who yeah. did a certain thing, you know. But yeah, speaking I, of the music, I was just going to say the fact that he always predicts him leads me to believe he is going to eventually turn on MJF. Um, I've been thinking. I, for I was a while. just about to ask you that if you're on board with Adam for this yeah, for I, months now. Yeah, I feel like he's eventually going to turn on MJF. Mm-hmm. I think that's the move, man. You know, but yeah. the idea of MJF now just reverting back to like his old shtick because we all know that's what it would be like. If he go, if he comes out of this like a heel again, he's probably just going to revert to kind of the shit he was always just doing. And um, I've seen enough of it, Phil. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen enough of, I've seen en- enough of the uh, the former shtick MJF had as a heel. I think it's so time think- to. You think he's gonna stay a babyface after this? That's what I'd like, yeah. Yeah. I'd like him to be the babyface, the face of the company, and just go go with what he's got right now and what he's had for the past couple of months. That's what I'd like. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust this man. I think the fact that his entire babyface <laughs> character is still all of the stuff in some ways that he does at the heel. Mm-hmm. He is still not a good guy. He's just doing getting he's getting cheered. Um, I still think that there's a chance that he will be a heel again. Um, and some of the signs from the segment we got later kind of lead me to believe that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking forward to getting into this next bit with Don Callis and Takeshita in, uh, in Japan. Because I thought this was a fucking unreal comedy, you know? <laughs> we, get, we get this shot, you know, of Don Callis and Takeshi. Takeshi, of course, got his big leather jacket on, you know? What an aesthetic that is in the middle of Tokyo, mm-hmm. Japan. And, uh, you know, the hunt, the hunting down Kota Ibushi. Which is, I'm already locked in at this point, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then I think it goes to a break or something. And then we come back. And uh, we get an in ring, we get an in ring, an in ring promo with Don Callis, Takeshita, and Renee. And Renee introduces Don Callis, and we get all this heat. 
<laughs> and it almost breaks Renee. Like Renee almost like laughs at it, like the yeah. amount of heat that she's and she even like brings attention to it. Like I can't I can almost not hear anyone over the booze. And Don Callis, you know, he he does his heel shtick, etc. He introduces Sammy Guevara. He comes out, he's got a new Titan Tron, a Scarface inspired Titan Tron. And uh he comes out and he cuts his heel promo and um I thought the message in the promo was actually pretty solid, you know. Uh, obviously, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara promos. The delivery is always going to be, you know, here and there. But the actual, like I said, the actual content of what he was saying, I wasn't mad at it at all. You know, saying that Jericho is selfish and he was holding him down, and before Jericho, he was winning championships and stuff like this and that. And um, you know, I guess, I guess you can you, you can believe that, you know. And that's always, mm-hmm. I think, a big part when someone goes through a hill hill turn like that. So. Yeah, Sammy Guevara gets his heat, <clears throat> and this is when it just gets incredible for me, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, my favourite part is almost, like, Don Callis, he, he points our attention to the Titan Tron, and he, he shows us what him and Takeshita got up to when they went hunting for Ibushi in Japan. And <laughs> they're outside Ibushi's dojo, and it starts almost like, have you seen the Family Guy parody of Jackass where it's like, hey guys, I'm Stu Griffin and I'm going to beat my dad's ass all day today. Yes. yes. <laughs> and like, Doug basically does that with uh, Ibushi. He's like, yeah, we're outside Kota Ibushi's dojo and we're going to kick his ass today. And they're just first in there. <laughs> the first in there and the finest poor dude, you know, he's... He's just minding his own business. Don Cuddy smacks him in the face. Takesha jumps him. And uh, Koto Ibushi tries to save his boy. And then <laughs> Ibushi and Takesha proceed to have, like, the worst brawl I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, awkwardly rolling over each other, throwing these weird forearms and stuff. Um, eventually, Koto Ibushi mounts Takesha and he, throw, he, he throws some stiff shots in, but getting blocked by Takesha's arms. And then uh, Don Callis comes behind him, hits him with the steel chair. Ibushi, of course, he no-sells it, but he's distracted. And uh, when Ibushi... Did, did, didn't he hit him with his umbrella? Is that what he hit him with? The umbrella of a chair. Yeah, I think it was the umbrella. It's a umbrella. <laughs> the umbrella makes it even funnier than I've already thought it was. <laughs> it's a noisy umbrella, mate. It's so fucking funny. But anyway, Ibushi, Ibushi no-sells it. And he stands up and he, he turns his attention to Don Callis and it looks like he's, Don Callis is about to get what's coming to him. But in the background, Takeshita, he, he picks up a fucking kettlebell <laughs> <laughs> and he swings a kettlebell at Ibushi's head and takes him out with it. And then after this, and while all this is going on, by the way, it's Calibre's just doing his... It's something that I've brought up a few times with Excalibur. Like, someone's just got hit in the head with a kettlebell after being hunted down <laughs> in Japan by these evil dudes from another continent, there's been attempted murder unfold in front of you, Excalibur, and he's just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it's like there's no, there's no like feeling of real danger or disgust from him or anything when these situations go down. And I think poor Excalibur, he's probably seen so many of these disgusting angles that he's probably become numb to it, you know. But <laughs> It always does pop me to see kind of how little of a reaction he gets when these truly absurd things are happening in front of his eyes. Yeah. But yeah, Dan Callis then, yeah, I think he orders Takeshita to choke out Ibushi with the jacket. And while this mm-hmm. is going on, 
uh, Don Callis gets over him and he's screaming about Kenny Omega while spitting and dribbling everywhere like a true maniac. It's, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed this segment, man. This is this is pro wrestling, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's, it's... It was good shit. You enjoyed it, Carlo. I liked it. I I think it was a little bit insane, but like it's had a it's a Kota Ibushi and Takeshita segment. It was going to be insane no matter what angle they went with it, bro. I am glad it's a six man match after seeing the brawl though, because yeah, oh, yeah, we don't need a Ibushi singles match right now. God bless him though; he's doing his best. But I thought this was a lot of fun, and I just can't get over him whacking it with the umbrella because the sound it made just, it just plays <laughs> over in my head. I can't, I can't get past it. Don Callis is a he is hilarious. I have to say, I have to say, um, yeah, Bushi man, he, he he was looking a bit, you know, that brawl. Like, he was only a few seconds, and you know, brawls are kind of meant to look a little bit awkward and yeah. stuff. Like you know, that's yeah. kind of the point of it. But this was. Like I said, it just added to the comedy for me. I love this. Uh, Phil, what did you think of Don Callis' latest art project? <laughs> um, yeah, all of this was very odd. I mean, this was a very promo backstage segment heavy episode. Yes. Um, so I feel like there was extended parts of this show where we were just watching people talk. And uh, so I was very confused when they went from being in Tokyo to back in the ring talking. I was like, okay. Um, that was a a weird, complete division, brother. A weird jump, and then we went back to Tokyo because I thought when they first showed them, I thought that they were in Tokyo, and so when they were like in the ring, Don Callis, I was like, oh, he's here. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, the 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 stuff in ring was fine. Um, Sammy is Sammy. Sammy's gonna cut kind of the same cadence in his promos every time, mm-hmm. and same kind of tone. Um, but I thought the great thing about this is what he said was true. Um, mm-hmm. When he showed up at AEW um, at the first press conference for AEW, he was a champion. He was cruiserweight champion. Um, mm-hmm. He never technically needed Jericho. Um, yeah, it helped him in some ways, but he kind of had a point here. Um, he's been hotter without Jericho at times. Um, Absolutely. When he was TNT champion, that was outside of his stuff with Jericho. And so for Jericho to come back and go, yeah, man, let's be tag champions. Like, no, <laughs> without you, I'm, I was ready to main event a pay-per-view. Um, if, if that other match wasn't hotter, the pillars match would have main evented revol- revolution. Mm-hmm. would if not. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, not revolution. Have... Double or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You'd have to assume so. You'd have to yeah, assume so. so. He was he was in a main storyline for the world championship. No, he doesn't need to be in a tag title run with you. Um, so, yeah, no, I felt like everything he was saying was right. I like the aesthetic he's going with, um, doing the real slime ball, uh, like flowery shirts, real Miami style, doing a Scarface uh, aesthetic. Um, I like it so far. I like that he's teaming with Don because that's going to get him good heat. Um, mm-hmm. I thought all the stuff that Don does in the ring is good, but man, this stuff in Tokyo was absolutely absurd. I, I <laughs> not know what to make of most of it. I was just kind of staring at the screen while it was happening, like, okay. Um, and 
I had the same reaction you did to Excalibur because uh, most of the broadcast people at AEW kind of do the same thing when people fight. They just kind of yeah. look off into the distance and then slink off screen. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Like, we saw Renee do it later in the show uh, during the contract signing where she was like, oh, well, this is going bad. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Go get out of there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. I was entertained by it, but this was definitely kind of a mess. Uh, I can't decide if it was in a good way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just we, enjoyed it, you know. <laughs> I did it. My main, I, did, I did enjoy it. My main issue is where the hell was Kenny? Like, you just watched a video of your boy get absolutely battered. They've been talking shit for weeks. Where are you? Yeah, that was also very weird that he was not there. Um, I don't know what to make of some of the times that they choose to not have Kenny or the Bucks on TV. Oh, the build's it's been weird. I asked myself I uh, a lot as well, you know, where's mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, you know, he's, you know, in an ideal world, all three of them would be there live every single week, at least for Dynamite, you know, in a yeah. super ideal world to be on, you know, they'd be there live available for Dynamite Collision Rampage, you know what I mean? But not necessarily on every show, you know, I'm sure Charlie would enjoy that, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah. yeah. You have to love Abushi. Abushi training mm-hmm. with his guy. Do we ever ever find out who this other guy was? He's just training with his guy in the Supreme oh. jersey. <laughs> God, someone, someone, maybe someone in the law shop knows. If anyone know in the law shop knows who Ibushi's friend is, then I might. You know, we, we we want to check up on him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just took one for the team uh, before Coda came out there, and uh, took on two guys by himself. <laughs> Got hit in the head with a kettlebell. Hey, don't care. He's very, very violent, you know. Screwdrivers, <laughs> kettlebells. He ain't afraid to use anything, you know. Very Usually in guy. wrestling, it's a little bit reserved, you know. It's a steel chair or it's like a blunt object mm-hmm. or something, you know. It's not, it's not a weight. It's not, <laughs> it's not something you can be stabbed with, you know. Yeah. Um, I also continue to enjoy the aesthetic of Kanosuke continuing to wear this enormous jacket. Um, and it, it just looks hilarious every time I see it, man. It's just, <laughs> he's great. So good. I'd like some more. Um, he just reminded me, actually. We were talking a lot about it last week on of, like, the presentation, how we'd like to catch to be mm-hmm. like, more of a forefront of like the Don Callis family and be more of like a. Uh, you know, like a vocal piece, a spotlighted piece. And even if it's just little things, like say, for example, last night, just more like, I don't know, like more more camera cuts to his face and stuff like that, yeah. you know, and like show him off more. Whereas like sometimes when Don Callis is talking, like the camera will literally like fade off him and stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah. this I is mean, meant to be like the next guy this is meant to be the guy who's like better than omega at the moment this is meant to be the alpha this is meant to be x y and z and um so i just think the presentation could do still with a little bit of tweaking (laughs) you just reminded me of something else i thought was funny about this entire segment after it's over and they're done cutting the promos the camera is just kind of still in ring and then sammy just jumps in the camera and he's like talking trash in the camera and he walks off and then kanosuke like took takes a turn to like talk shit in the camera too and i was like what <laughs> right now so i was uh yeah little things like it, when they're in the dojo and you know don Callis was the person who was like sending the message to omega mm-hmm. but let yeah. Takeshita do it in like yes. half japanese half english promo just sounding menacing yeah. and stuff like that 
And uh, even at the end, when they all walked out the out the ring, like you just mentioned, Phil, it's like the camera didn't even really pick up what he said. You know, no, it was just, no, it was, <laughs> it was just there saying something to the camera. Um, mm-hmm. I would love it if they did something similar to what they're doing with Nakamura at the moment, where um, he does yeah, have like backstage true. stuff, but it has like the subtitles, and mm-hmm. yeah. he had like some storytelling stuff mixed in there. I think that would be the right way to go with it. Yeah, I just agree. Some some tweaks, some tweaks, but yeah, Don Callis, very, very funny guy, you know. <laughs> Sammy Guevara, I think, I think this, I actually do think this this fit has quite a bit of potential for him. It's the most optimistic I've been about Sammy Guevara for a minute, to be honest. Um, yeah, they they had to let go of this baby face thing. I I saw it when it was happening during the pillar stuff. I'm like, boy, they really want us to cheer for this guy. Mm-hmm. It is not working. Just let him be a heel, man. It ain't working. So I'm glad that they've they've given up on that. Just let this guy be a bad guy. He's a natural heel. Um, just no, we're not going to cheer him. It, uh, some people want to, but it's just not going to happen. That was so adamant with trying with at least trying to get him over as a baby face. Like, remember like the all access stuff after the Brian Danielson match? Yes. And he was he done yeah. like this emotional, like really heartfelt speech to the camera on AW All Access and it was like posted all over their social media and yeah, you know, and then there was I think that was around like the Pillars few time as well. And it's just, you know, they were they were really, really trying to they cool. were trying, man. That one episode where he came out and cut the promo, and then he came out and saved somebody later in the episode. I'm like, boy, yeah. they really want us to cheer for this guy. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of has a natural heelish way about him, you know. So yeah, he just, just looks like a heel. He's it's he like does. I don't know. He just looks like a dickhead. So it's like I'm not gonna cheer for you. <laughs> That's cool flip, so so yeah. yeah. He does a lot of cool stuff. He does a lot of cool stuff. Um, but yeah, Ricky Starks and Wheeler Utah bumped into each other after the Brian Danielson strap match, it seemed. No, not the strap match, the Texas Death match. Texas Death mm-hmm. match. Ricky Starks is got in a promo and he's interrupted by Wheeler Utah. And uh, I thought Wheeler Utah caught a pretty good promo here. Yeah. You know, and he got in Ricky Starks' face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. It seems like we're getting a Wheeler Utah Ricky Starks match at Wrestle Dream. Which I wasn't expecting, but I'm not, not, not going to complain about it, you know. Uh, I said, Wheeler really, really Utah made a pretty good account of himself here, awful, because uh, Lord knows that promos has been one of the areas of his game that people have like, critiqued yeah. with him. Um, again, I thought he made a good account of himself here. Ricky Starks, as always, when it comes to like, promo and talking segments, he, he was great, as always. So, um, Yeah, man. Charlie, Utah. Starks, yeah. does this do anything for you? I really like the Utah promo because, like, the last time I feel like I really listened to him cut a promo is when he went toe to toe with MJF in New York. Like, that's the one that I remember, and I was like, he's not great on the mic, but he was really good here. I thought he's done a lot of work to improve it. Um, I'm not a big Starks fan, but I'm an I am interested in this match to see how it is and that and like how they work together. I feel like Starks, he's as good as his opponent, and I think. You is really good, so it'll be alright. I think it'll be good. Yeah, man. Starts definitely. He he does have a knack of being able to kind of just hang at the level of his opponent, whether that's Brian Danielson, which we've seen most recently, or whether that's someone obviously not quite on Brian Danielson's level because who is you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Phil Wheeler Utah, Ricky Starks. Does this do much for you? 
Uh, I thought the segment was really good. I think this is a good way to keep him on a run of being on pay-per-views after you just had pretty big, massive feud with CM Punk slash uh, Brian as his replacement. Um, and so I feel like you've got to keep him on TV. You've got to keep his momentum going. So I think this makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do after Russell Dream with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it's always what next, isn't it? You know, with AEW, yeah, it's, uh, it's especially when someone's had such like you know, such moments like you just said, he's literally just been feuded with CM Punk, then Brian Danielson, all in like the space of this one feud, you know, yeah, so got a lot of heat and he he, he performed in all those matches, man, you know, yeah, especially I, the especially the Brian ones, you know, is it is it fair to say that? Ricky is so far the only person that has benefited from being an Owen Hart Cup winner. Like, I feel like so far, like his Owen Hart Cup win definitely propelled him in a different direction. It started to heel turn. Um, He got a pseudo title match out of it. Um, So I I feel like he's the most successful Owen Hart Cup winner so far. And so I hope that they keep that trajectory with him. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree because, like, <laughs> the other options are <laughs> Adam Cole and Britt Baker, who never really needed it, you know, nope. especially Britt at the time. Um, and then, you know, this year we've had Willow, which, you know, she she <laughs> she was used to put over Julia Hart this week, you know, and that's kind of like, that's where she's at, for better or for worse. In my opinion, uh, for worse, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, that, that, then there's Ricky Starks. And then there's Ricky Starks, who, as you've just uh, laid out, Phil has had a really strong run in the past few months, and hopefully, it can continue because he's been doing some good stuff, man. He's been doing some good stuff, mm-hmm. and I think uh, we spoke. I've spoke about it on other pods with a few other of the guys. It's, you know, you've got the three up and coming heels who are quite young ish in AEW. You've got Starks, you've got Swerve. You've got Jay White, who are all doing yeah. pretty significant stuff at the moment, you know. Uh, obviously, Starks going from Danielson Punk to Utah, of course, is a little bit of a step down, to say the least. But, you know, it's not like he's fell, off of, fell out of focus. And like you said, Phil, it's good to kind of keep keep some momentum going. You'd expect Starks wins this one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> well, next match on... Uh, Next match, yeah, Nick Jackson versus Claudio Castagnoli versus Brian Cage in a under ten minute freeway, which was all action. I really enjoyed this. This was uh, this was really good TV. Nick Jackson got the win, and he's going to be the number one contender for the AEW International Title, and we'll be facing Ray Phoenix at some point next week or something like that. Um, They're in California next week, so oh, of course they are. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Nick Jack Nick Jackson, man, he's He's so good. Jackson in a singles, it's just like a prolonged hot tag, you know? Yeah. It's just all boom, 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 and the crowd's behind it, and he's doing cool big spots, etc., etc. And uh, Brian Cage was great in this, and Claudio's, Claudio's fucking Claudio, oh, you know? It's like, it, well, it's my favorite match on the show, comfortably. And under 10 minutes, all action, good stuff. Nick got the win. Charlie, I'm sure you was very happy with this one. <laughs> I, was, I, I actually didn't expect Nick to get the win here, but it does make sense because they're in California and, you know, the Bucks love to wrestle their friends in their home state, so he's wrestling Ray <laughs> Phoenix next week. 
But um, no, oh my god, when this match graphic dropped, they finally circled back and did Nick and Claudio in a singles match together. <laughs> Which is like, we're how many months removed from this feud now? But no, I was very happy about it. And Brian Cage really showed out here. I actually think he like had a really good performance in this match. Yeah, he did. He didn't look out of place with Nick and Claudio, but I loved this. I've watched it twice already. It was so good. (laughs) It was so much fun. Yeah, man, Brian Cage is, he's on a roll, man. He's on a roll. Maybe maybe it might be time to give give him some wins. You know, give him yeah. some wins, build some credibility up again, you know. He's always going to be a certain level of credible because look yeah. at him, you know. But, of course, you know, to a certain extent, we do we, we do care about the wins and losses. And yeah. Cage, man, he's maybe it might be time to reward him with something. I don't know what. Like, I'm not saying he should be in there with MJF or anything, but something, you know. Yeah, uh, Phil, you like this one? Yeah, um, it was funny when you were getting ready to announce. He was like, "Oh yeah, there was there's some wrestling here." <laughs> yeah, some matches. Um, uh, yeah, I felt like once we did finally get a match because we did go like an extended period with like all of the talking. Once we did get a match, it was all gas. I thought this match was very good. Like you said, Brian, I feel like kind of stole the show in this match. Um, like surprisingly, um, some of those catches he got into the big moves um were yeah. fantastic. Uh. He looked great. I mean, we expect this much from Claudio. We expect to, we expect Nick to come out there and have like a showcase every time you give him a singles match. But I thought Brian hung in there really well. I thought he looked really good. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't keep him with Big Bill. Uh, it seemed like that tag team was like gaining some steam. So I was surprised they broke it up and just put him back in the mogul embassy. But I don't know. I feel like uh, you're right. They should do something with him. I'm not sure what it is, but every time he gets an opportunity, he knocks it out the park. Yeah, man. And, uh... They didn't officially break up on screen, so I guess they could circle back to it. Like, I don't yeah. think fans would be opposed to it at all. I would love them to be a full-time tag team. I thought they yeah. were great when they were doing their bits together. So, and just, I guess it all depends on the Stark stuff, doesn't it? Or Big yeah. Bill is his heater at the moment. So, yes, um... and Starks and Brian Cage have history, so. Mm. They do. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, they do. But yeah, I this was really good. Um, I think Nick was the right winner. I think you're gonna get a great match out of that. Um, yeah, I was I was here for it. Um, Nick always cracks me up when he walks out for whatever reason. When he walks out alone, I noticed just the way he stands and walks. It always <laughs> cracks me up. It it always looks like somebody like threw a big pot of hot water on his back because he's always like standing like, very upright. <laughs> It cracks me up every time I see it. Oh, he's so funny. Also, you can tell this match was not planned because of his shoes didn't match his gear and he didn't have the headband on. So this was a very throw together thing, I think. Yeah, I, I think Brian I Alvarez mentioned. I think Brian Alvarez mentioned it on Observer Radio. Like he got there and he was like, "You're wrestling a match," and he was like, "Shit," <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, last minute things thrown together on this show. But, Genuinely, uh, probably this was, this was a good like Matt's backup gear that he wore out there. To be honest, it did. Um, we kind of got a, a headbandless Brian appearance tonight from Nick. Man, he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Jackson's hair, bro. He's, he's <laughs> fighting. Next, he's fighting. Next topic. Next topic. <laughs> I refuse to discuss this. He's fighting. That's hilarious. God bless, man. I love Nick Jackson, though. He's my favourite book. He always has been in a... 
I thought I thought he put in a great performance. They all did, of course. Uh, did yeah. take a little break to do some super chats. So keep any super chats coming. We're taking a little break now to go through We've got like four or five of them. Uh, Zade ninety one ninety nine. Appreciate it very much. Kind of wish we got Kenny versus MJF for full gear. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man, Kenny Omega versus MJF is... I think that's that could be really good money for AEW, to be honest. I've been something I've wanted to see Kenny do for... for quite a while, to be honest. Like, pretty much since he came back. Like, I know he left, like, dropping the title. And I, I can understand being a bit of like, scepticism behind being like, okay, when he comes back, we're not going to throw straight back into the title scene, but... I probably wouldn't have been mad at it, <laughs> you know. He's Kenny Omega after all, you know. Um, to be Apple Gear, I wouldn't have been mad at all. Yeah. yeah, it felt like that was the direction they were going in into the until the Adam Cole stuff, and I feel like they've pivoted away from it since then. So I'd be very interested to see like who are his next few challengers now that Adam Cole's out. Hmm. Well, we've got Jay White obviously on the horizon, but. He was taken out by the mystery men, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> you think he's get... only going to defend it one more time before this year's over? Yeah, I, no, I think Jay White's winning though. So, I know it's a it's mm. it's a topic of conversation because I go back and forth on it myself a lot. But I don't know. Yeah. I kind of think it's time. Mm. <laughs> Wouldn't be mad at it. I love Jay White, bro. So. And I want to see him with a belt. It's like not even a knock on MJF, really. I just think it's time for Jay White to have the belt. Yeah, man. We are... I think there might be one more defense on the way. You know, um, it might be it might be something like a... You know, like the Samoa Joe feud was kind of like, you know, it was a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Like something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe he ends up maybe Ruddy, you know, maybe a little match with Ruddy or something. I'm sure you can, make, you can make that reasonably believable, especially with everything that's been going on with the Cole stuff. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But the Kenny the Kenny match is definitely something I've I've been wanting for yeah. MJF's total reign. Um Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate you as always. A disgrace to wrestling that Jeff Jarrett didn't win the international title. Have a real wrestler bring prestige to this title. You're a big Jeff Jarrett oh, yeah. fan, Darren Walker. You always have been. So uh, it's, it's I'm like to quite close on this. Good to see you, Darren. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> Darren is back again with another five pounds. Appreciate you. Nice to see you, Charlie. I'm sure she's happy. The Hong books. New ROH six man champs. I, I know she wants a best of seven series with the Dark Order. That's spiteful, <laughs> Darren. I thought we were friends. He had you in the first <laughs> half. He did, he did. He got me good. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything about Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> you gotta watch how you talk about double J, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Will Chisholm, appreciate you as always, brother. Five dollars with this new era of AEW. How would y'all make Rampage a show that the fans need to watch rather than the child no one cares about in the family? Um, that's definitely a way of putting it. It's been oh, it's been better, it's definitely been better. It's not quite where I'd want it to be for the one hour wrestling show, but um. It's trending in the right direction, at least. It's just you just got to get your heavyweights available to do it. You know, you just got to yeah. get the you got to get the big names on it, bro. It's simple as that, you know. And with Rampage, sometimes 
they'll put one of the big guys on it. You know, you'll be you'll get just mocks or you'll get just the young books or do you know what I mean? So it's start, you know, just kind of do just treat like a third hour of Dynamo because that's basically what it is to the live crowd anyway. You know, and just keep yeah. keep it keep it rolling. Make make the rampage main event just as need to see as the Dynamo main event, etc., etc., etc. So. I think it's more just talent availability and stuff like that and just being yeah. able to load the shows up with your talent. So people yeah. are watching, man. People are watching. I want it to be the Lucha show. Because that like mm. few week period where Will Hobbs was facing like Penta and Bray Phoenix on the rampages, I was just like, bro, this is great. Just put all the Lucha doors on it because I would like it would be great. And I think it's a really good it would be a good place for them to like showcase like how deep that roster actually is with different styles. Because everyone talks about like the talent level, but no one talks about how many different styles that AEW actually has within their talent roster. So it'd be a good way to showcase it. Yeah, and yeah. they definitely do have a vast, vast majority of different styles on that roster. And uh, when I think when AEW is at its best, it is showcasing that. You know, all yeah. the different styles and different types of wrestlers that they have on the shows and can fit into this two-hour, one-hour program, you know. Um yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenon that we've now missed out on. Hobbs versus Luchas was great. And I was like, keep this going. And then they just stopped for reasons that I don't understand. Um, but yeah, I think Rampage is going to be hard to get rid of the stigma, both with fans and some of the workers, that um, it's just Rampage. Like Some people mm-hmm. don't want to stay for Rampage when they go to shows. Um, it's not in a great time slot for a lot of people. And then I I feel like it almost has like this feel like uh when you have certain wrestlers like ah oh, well you worked on Rampage in a promo <laughs> on your product it does create this kind of stigma of, of why do you need to watch Rampage it makes it feel so inconsequential and I think that's the thing that they have to come up from under to make the show feel like it matters and I'm not sure how to do that yeah the perception is kind of uh I won't say in the toilet but. It's not amazing for all the reasons you just pointed yeah. out. Um, they just need they need to fix up perception, man. Much like I guess, much like what Shawn Michaels is doing with NXT, you know, uh, NXT two point The perception around that time was, you know, that was in the toilet, you know, amongst like the wrestling fans at least. Anyway, I don't know how, you know, that old WWE demo that was tuning in for it felt about it, you know. I think they liked it for non-wrestling reasons, to be honest, but who knows? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, the perception of NXT week to week, the building momentum, the building more and more good faith. People are talking more about the actual wrestling and the matches, and they're very much fixing, you know, their perception amongst at least the online fans anyway, you know? Um, But yeah, man, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if Tony Khan's got any special plans for Rampage or any other guys around him that help him with booking and stuff. So they've definitely got the roster though to make yes. it to make it work. You know, it just what Phil mentions. Even some of the talent have got kind of this feeling, this you know, about Rampage where it's like you know this isn't as important because it just hasn't been presented as important. So yeah, it's hard to blame. Uh, Cody Wills, speaking of NXT, Evening Pals, Trick Williams entrance on Saturday will rule. Oh, that's going to be a, sure that's, like a, that's like a science experiment, you know. You've got like one of the most... The warehouse, are they? 
No, it's uh, it's NXT pay per view to step out of the warehouse now. You know, I can't remember what baby. Bakersfield. There you go, Bakersfield, um, California. Trick Williams, arguably like one of the most over baby faces in NXT. He gets great heat, gets great heat, gets great reactions. People love him online and stuff. Really charismatic, etc., etc., etc. But he is very green in ring. He has, he has been performing a lot better recently. And Sean Michael said on the media call earlier that he's been not working really hard and one of the hardest working people in the PC at the moment. But still, he's very new, you know. Um, and then of course you got Dominic Mysterio. He's got all this heat. So you've got those two elements meeting. It's like Dominic Mysterio is probably going to have to lead the match. It's like this is this is a science experiment, Phil. <laughs> wow! Now that you say it that way, Dom leading that match is uh, interesting. Ugh. I think it's going to be very, uh, very tightly put together by the fellas in the back. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to assume with the way they run things in NXT, like I don't think they're gonna put a match out there that hasn't been like produced and like at least like ran down and practiced. Like I don't, I don't think they're gonna throw. I don't think they're gonna throw Dom in a deep in the ring, brother. <laughs> Dom calling it a ring sounds crazy. <laughs> oh man, that that could definitely take a turn. I'm fascinated by this match, though. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Um, we'll see how yeah, it turns out. Good, good opportunity for Trick. Um, it is very yeah. awkward that we're now going into this match that was heavily promoted with a guy that is released. Um, so, yeah, yeah uh, I, I think it's a good opportunity for Trick, though, and I think he's going to make the best of it. Yeah, ho- hopefully. I'm really, I'm, I'm very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of it, but I'm all in on the progress of Trick Williams, you know? Yeah, so uh, I watched the NXT main event the other day, and I was just like, when did Trick Williams actually start learning to wrestle? Because this is vastly different to, like, the last time I watched him, which was maybe six months ago, so... Oh, the, the Dragonoff match was better than people give it credit for, I think. I the think... Dragonoff um, match was <laughs> great! I still haven't seen that one. I, I, I need to go back and watch it. The but atmosphere you know, for that match is unlike anything you'll see this year. Yeah, it was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, Dragonoff is on one of those special runs. This guy's not having bad matches. Best in the world. Yeah, I love Dragonoff. He's a free. <laughs> he's a free. He thinks wrestling's real. You know, um, <laughs> he's an animal. But yeah, he's facing Melo, so uh, I think there's a good chance he could potentially win the belt. I'm, I'm, I want to put him as a favorite, but I think there is a good chance. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I think he's winning. Yeah, there you have it. You know. Um, Obviously, you got this. You got like the not like the tension building with Trick Williams and Mello as well. So, I don't know if yeah. they're going to keep the belt on Mello for Trick, which would be fascinating, you know. But um, and maybe Ilya goes up to the main roster after losing again to Carmelo. He's I don't good. know. I don't know. You know. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I feel like there's more of a reason to move Mello up because he's still teasing the Bobby Lashley stuff. Um, I, I could see him losing and, and going up and being force member in that stable. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> I was saying to Wibu like last week or something, and I was like, bro, I know that any time people suggest this on the timeline, people are like, oh, well, you're just putting the black guy with the black groove, blah, blah, blah. And it's like a stigma whenever you say, like, oh, this black wrestler should be with this group of black people. But 
Bro, Mello in this new Bobby Lashley Street Profits group would fucking rule, you know. It would. I I don't know where this this uh, narrative came that putting all the black people together or putting all people from a certain ethnicity together is inherently racist. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. Um, it is actually in some ways more of a risk to put all of them together because for the longest time, um, these promotions and companies didn't think that you can book something with all an all black stable mm-hmm. or an all black main event. So putting putting four black people together isn't racist, guys. It's okay. It can be a good thing. I agree. I agree absolutely. Um, like I said, Mello in that group would be. I'd love to see. I think it's actively it's like what I want. Group. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's a perfect fit. I think he is a perfect yeah. fit. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I think that also kind of sets the in motion this track record for him to be United States champion because mm-hmm. Lashley was United States champion. The guy mm-hmm. that kind of mentored Bobby Lashley was one of the most famous United States champion MVP. It just makes sense. Yeah. I miss MVP, man. Yeah. I know I, I really do enjoy seeing MVP on uh on my Monday nights, you know. Like I know it's with Omas. It's kind of you get what you get these days but MVP is good TV man whoever you're putting with so I think he can he can still take a bump as well so you know yeah. we're uh, uh, about to see a lot to see a bit more MVP um, Richard Jr $5 appreciate you very much I think the faction might feature the Butcher and the Blade Scorpio score with, and with the Bunny leading charge to attack Jay White as the faction that is the money Kind of butchered that's the way I read that. Out, but, um, that's quite the degree for wrestlers. The that's all stars. <laughs> <laughs> the people we on our weekly TV. Why? How did Scorpio get in this group? Like this, <laughs> my immediate thought: like, what's he doing over there? Scorpio guy is definitely it's like a turn. Like, Sabian, <laughs> the guy that leads the group. That's what I'm saying. Like, where did you add Scorpio from? How did you get in here? Maybe they just really don't like Sabian, and that was the first person to come to mind. I don't know. Scorpio is just walking past, and he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing in here? You guys putting on some black outfits? Hey, let me try on one." (laughs) What's he doing over there? That's just uh, almost like the names. It's almost like the names came out of like just a randomizer, you know. Can you imagine if that was it and this was just there, uh, you know, this Richard Jr. It's a new super channel. Maybe part of the AW creative team trying to drop some signals, you know. Um <laughs> that signaled us and we're laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man. I don't know. Um Brainbuster one ninety nine. You assume you're familiar with me. Dun 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 dun. Appreciate you. <laughs> you assume you're familiar <laughs> with me. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, Will Chisholm, five dollars. Uh, that's true. Look how my people get when Jade, Jade and Chris had their match on Rampage before we knew Jade was leaving AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's definitely a stigma with Rampage, man. Um, I guess, uh, like I said, I guess we'll have to wait and see how TK, the boys, QT, Pat Book. Will Washington, of course. Um, let's see, see if we got any ideas for it, man. Let's we'll see what's going on. Um, Will Chisholm again, appreciate you, brother. Uh, 
$2. How would y'all feel if they put MVP with Jade? Hmm, that'd be I'd, interesting. I'd, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Jade can score, bro. Jade does not. Jade doesn't need anyone, but um, no. you know she can have. She can definitely have an advocate. You know, she 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 had obviously she had Mark Mark Sterling in, in AEW. Um, you see his post <laughs> when she left. He was yes. like, "Who needs? I need a new client or whatever." <laughs> He's just like, "God bless, man." I don't think smart Mark Sterling's bad at all either, to be honest. I think, no. you know, he, he knows how to talk and stuff like that. And uh, he knows who he is as a character and stuff, you know, so. He plays it well. Hopefully yeah. they can find someone for him on Ring of Honor or, you know, or something like that. Or even, yeah. even on AWTV, fuck it, isn't you know. Isn't he still doing the varsity guys thing? Like, what? Those guys, Tony Nese and um, I don't really keep track of the varsity athletes. To be honest, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm like. Okay, um, what are you even doing these days? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know, man. I don't know. Tony Nese is a solid worker, you know. Yes. Um, who's the other varsity? Who's the other athlete? Um, uh, bad. Josh, um, Josh Woods. Josh, Josh Woods. Woods. I was about to yeah. say, uh, pure champion. Joshua, do you? Yeah, he's, he's he's good. At, he's pretty solid as well, man. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, like we'll see what the, what the future holds for the varsity athletes. Um, future attack chance. Joe Town Spurs five dollars. Appreciate you very much. Um, now nah, Bradley with Jade is definitely the move. <laughs> Hell, make him tag champs. <laughs> Not sure about that one. You know. Um, I I will I will I will jump on the fire here and say that in some ways I very much miss Brandy on television. Um, I don't know what it is like. I they just showed like a clip of uh, Jay's debut and the open mic night promo. <laughs> it is it's so bad, but it is just so amusingly bad. <laughs> at the same time, like I can't help but laugh at it. Um, and I think she could do well with WWE. I don't know if that's as a wrestler, but as like an on-screen character, I wouldn't be mad at it. I agree. I actually agree. Like, I wouldn't be mad at her being an on-screen character. Like, does she need to be a heavily featured, you know, on the roster talent on Raw? No, you know. But we can get we can get something out of Brandy Rhodes in WWE. I'm sure there's things for her to do, you know. Um, I'm managing Chelsea Green would be something. Yeah. I feel like they'd, hope, they'd bounce off each other quite well. You know, WWE like to give the fans a little something so you can do like Jade and Brandy bumping into each other backstage, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually think that'd be really, really funny. And we can tweet about it, you know, put it on the WrestlePurious account with all yeah. emojis and stuff. And, you know, we all have a good time with it. They, what, <laughs> what they should do is right after she cuts her first promo with the company, they should give like a WWE exclusive where it's showing her entire preparation for that night. And one of the last things she does before she walks out there is Brandy hands her a mic and tells her it's open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> I could get behind it, you know. Doesn't have to be an online exclusive either, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, when, open when open raw with it before the intro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. The Cody interactions backstage are going to get people tweeting. It's going to be very funny. Yeah, there is content to get out of Brandy Rhodes in WWE. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go back to the Dynamite review, people. Um, yeah. The Righteous. 
they had a uh, vignette, pre-tape, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're in the garden again. Um, I can't do this, you know. I was not expecting that. The bride just um, getting over with people on Twitter, and it makes me so sad because it's like, why are you letting yourself be tricked? Like, oh I can't God. do it. I was, that's what I was going to get to, Charlie. Like, I've seen some people are starting like more so to kind of warm to them from what mm-hmm. I've seen from the people I follow on Twitter. Obviously, it's very you know unique to me what I see on my timeline, but it does seem like people are kind of warming to them in these past couple of vignettes. Um, I don't get why, personally. I don't quite get what they're saying half of the time. Um, I, I get I it, because it's it's a different way that AEW are like presenting law on their TV, and AEW fans love it. They love dissecting it. And the core of the promo they were cutting, it's like, okay, yeah, they're like basically just talking about how Adam Cole's still a snake, and like... The kingdom are just sheep for Roddy and like all this sort of stuff. And like, I get why it's winning people over, but I just can't do it. I just think they have a cool theme song, and that's about it. The theme song, yeah, the theme song's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, especially if it it can get over as well, like the the entrance, like that could be really cool and create some cool moments. But as a group and as a pair of talents, I just, I, uh, (laughs) I'm struggling, Phil. I'm struggling, uh, where do you find yourself on the righteous? Um, I like them. I'm sorry. I like the righteous. <laughs> I I I co-host I co-host a podcast with a guy that also calls himself righteous. Um, Vincent comes <laughs> yeah. out and he does like the the uh, <laughs> West Side Story snaps like he's ready for a fight. It amuses me. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't hate me. I I don't think this is bad. Um, I thought that this segment served its purpose. Now. I mm-hmm. am very questionable about why the righteous versus um, better than you, baby, was the decided pay per view match. That does not sound like a pay per view match, um, but here we are. Um, but I don't hate the righteous. Um, I just think that they're kind of thrown in a position that they haven't really been built up enough for yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, at the same time that they've been doing this kind of like dark order push as well. Yeah, so it's like yeah. doing that both yeah. at the same time with two teams. Yeah, I mean, like, me. Dark Order, you, you put Dark Order above the righteous, but like even their push, like when it's yeah. like you think they're heading towards the Hong books, it's like kind of. Is that where we want to see that? Like, even if you're the biggest Dark Order, right? If you're the biggest Dark Order fan, of course, that's what you want to see them doing, but um. Even if you're like somewhat indifferent on Dark Order or the Right Justice, like is this are these the feuds that they really should be in with the world champion and the top story in the story in the uh, in the promotion, and then the Dark Order, of course, with you know the EVPs, you know the elite. Uh, I don't uh, know, yeah, but and I think that's kind of the problem that this doesn't. It's not that I dislike either of those teams, um, because I mean, Righteous and Dark Order had a good match at the last Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. there was weapons and hot crowd. I wasn't mad at it, Phil. I enjoyed it, but I just think for now it's just very apparent that these are filler feuds until they get to the Kingdom match. And now that Cole is hurt, it doesn't feel like we're going to get to the Kingdom match anytime soon. 
And so I just feel like you could have probably came with some better opponents in the meantime. Um, but see, the issue is uh, they're so popular that no matter who you put up against them, they're not going to feel like believable contenders. Like people are yeah. going to assume they're going to win. And so it's kind of a catch-22. I get I get the purpose of putting the righteous in here because they can take a loss. But again, it just <laughs> like a pay-per-view match. It feels like a Ring of Honor uh, match or like a TV match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um objectively i'm glad that people are getting behind the righteous because you don't want them to go into a pay-per-view match where people just not caring about it at all yeah it's just i just don't get it personally like i don't know i hope that this handicap match is good that's all i can say really it is a handicap match now so now you've got you've got max (laughs) you got max trying to carry this match with these two and oh man I don't know what they're doing with this, man. Very interesting choice. I'll get very lost in the promo. In the sense of, like, as soon as they start talking, like, the moral decay and all this shit, I just... <laughs> I, 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 I just tearing out, man. <laughs> I just... if, if I clicked with The Righteous as an act, I think I would love their promos. Which is, like, why I'm kind of glad that I don't click with them as an act. Otherwise, I would spend hours dissecting this shit, but... We have this conversation, yeah. and it kind of, uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, Bray. It kind of makes me think about like how like special Bray what Bray was if his style of promo because he could actually like captivate me with them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not draw me and like what's this dude talking about, you know. Whereas with the righteous, it's like what are these guys talking about, you know. It's <laughs> it's a very different way of um, tapping into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, I think the segment itself was fine. Um, I think the, the seeds they planted here with the, uh, Adam Cole stuff was interesting. Um, but I just don't know what the end game is for this. Cause you're going to put the belts on a righteous now because it's a handicap match. Or are you now going to have MJF beat this team by himself and essentially bury them? Yeah. I, I tweeted it. I tweeted it on the main account for some reason, but bro, kind <laughs> I don't care if Roderick Strong, the Kingdom, Jay White, the Bullet Club all come out with fucking AK-47s and shoot Max, <laughs> Max in the head. The Righteous cannot be pinning the world champion on both of you. I don't care <laughs> what happens, oh. how it happens. Oh, but that, look, that the, makes the them look so bad the, if they lose. Bro, the visual Maybe of Dutch fucking pinning thing. MJF in the middle of the ring is like this. Maybe MJF gets counted out, so they win, but they don't get the belts. And MJF doesn't get pinned. Yeah, well, I'll just have MJF like, winning a few. I'll just have MJF winning about. Yeah, I would minutes. just have MJF win as well. <laughs> Monty's just like, nah, just just stack them up on top of each other. Have them pin both. Full tribal chief, you know. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, like I said, under no circumstances, I think MJF should be not taking nah. a pin here in the middle of the ring to one of these guys. You know, yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah, they're not winning, but I just wonder how they're going to pull this off without making them look bad. I don't know. We'll see. It's such a big spot for them, Phil. It's just, even though it's a handicap match, and it's like, oh, how can the tag team lose a handicap match? But the handicap is the world champ, you know? it's And it is, as we were just talking about, this push has came out of nowhere, you know? So it's like, yeah. It's still, even if they lose this, I think they'll still be in a better place than they were before 
a few weeks ago. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's um, I, I don't know, a fa- fascinating matchmaking. And of course, now with Cole's injury, it's even more interesting. I you guess. think? Um, you think based off of what we saw later this night, um, the outcome of this is Jay White um, helping the righteous win. Cool. Oh no! I don't care like, what the finish is. I don't care if it's Jay White in the kingdom or however, pe- however many people ganging up on Max. That visual of Dutch or Vincent crawling over Max and putting an arm over and the ref counting one, two, three. I can't. I can't process Ooh. it, bro. It's it's wrong. <laughs> like, um, yeah, MJF should win this match, man. I don't care who gets involved. You know, he should overcome and be the baby face that we all know and love. You know, but yeah, oh boy, uh, oh boy, oh boy. I will say though, it, it is. It's nice to see that the perception is kind of moving in their favour online and stuff. Yeah. And you know, the the push isn't like for nothing. You know, and it's not, and it's yeah. like, oh, this push isn't working. Like, I can't sit here and say that because, yeah. like I said, over the past day or so, I've seen people be like, you know, these guys are kind of cool, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Um, I just don't get it myself. I'm, you know, that's all. I'm happy for them, but it just ain't for me. <laughs> yeah. They're righteous. Uh, Short on Spurs, $5. The, the righteous theme has been stuck in my head all day. Yes. They're the, the growing the fan base, you know? Uh, Will Chisholm, ten dollars. Appreciate you. Um, we know W. We know WWE going to have a segment with Jade and Cody. With Jade saying Cody got her in WWE, it's going to be nasty. Like Michael Cole name dropping the old score sister. That's not nasty. Michael Cole's a a Joshi expert, brother. Didn't you know? You know. Yeah. You know. I, I'll I'll forgive the fact that he said that they were tag champs at one point and they weren't. But fine. <laughs> we all make mistakes, man. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Cole. Uh, you can tell that he kind of has like a little smirk when he's making these little notes and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's like, uh, Twitter's gonna love this one. You know, <laughs> he's like Mio Shirai, and everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> oh, Michael Cole, man. God bless him." Anyway, uh, MJF and Adam Cole in ring segment. This was a long one. There's a lot to get through here, but uh, basically, Cole comes out and he's the he crutches or wheelchair, I think. Which one is crutches. he? Crutches. He's crutches. Crutches. He's still on, yeah, he's still he's on in the wheelchair. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's custom wheelchair. <laughs> anyway, uh, Adam, Adam Cole and MJF come out. Cole's still on crutches, of course. Again, another bad sign like earlier in the show. And, uh, you know, Cole Cole drops it on us, you know. He, he drops it on us. He, he said his ankle exploded. <laughs> he said, mm. he said he, his ankles, uh, his ankles in a really bad way though. Yeah, you know, so I think he said he broke in three places. There's ligament damage, and he's out. You know, he's out. Uh, devastating to AEW's top storyline, of course. And uh, Cole's about to relinquish the ROH tag titles. MJF is like, nah, I'll do a handicap match. And then, um, you know, there's a little bit more than Ruddy. Of course, as always, he enters the scene screaming Adam's name. Adam! Adam! And he says that there's an emergency and Adam needs to come right away. Blah, 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 blah. It's an emergency. It's right now. You need to come. And uh, 
you know, uh, Cole's kind of, you know, he, he's got a decision to make, but MJF is about to tell Cole that he gets it and he can go because obviously the prior conversation that we saw earlier in the show it can't seem to have, uh, you know, sunk in with MJF and he gets that Cole has other friends, you know. And But this is all interrupted by the Bullet Club Gold. They all make their entrance. Jay Walt comes out and uh, we get the... Didn't think we was going to get this this week, but I know a lot of people were waiting to see this one day in AEW, the Jay White, MJF, Mike promo battle, whatever the fuck mm. you want to call it, face-to-face, in-ring segment, you know. And, uh, yeah, man, much like a lot of the big talking MJF segments, it's kind of back and forth, long dialogues. MJF's dialogue was very long, very, very long. Uh, what did MJF say? He said... What did he uh, say? He said, he said a lot to pretty much just say that Jay White is tofu and MJF is filet mignon and also that uh, Jay White's facial hair looks like pubic hair. Uh, there was a few more bazingas in there. Um, but yeah, MJ, MJF kind of... He's kind of burying, he's probably burying poor Jay White out there, you know. He's kind of just uh, tearing him down, saying that he's one of the lines was something like, he's not a real top guy. He's just what someone in Japan thought the idea of a top guy was and that he's a real top guy. And uh, there was a few there was a few slick lines in there. There was a few bazingas in there that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit and stuff. It was kind of a... Uh, but overall, it was very long, very, very long way of making... Very few points, I thought, you know. Then um, Jay White, he he also did speak for a few minutes. I don't think it was quite as long as MJF. And um, he, he the point of what he was saying is that MJF is basically, he's gone soft now, but he's friends with Cole. Maybe it's the injuries, maybe it's something else. And that Jay White will be a truly elite champion. And he dropped his usual catchphrases that he sold at Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden, that he's the last true rock and roller, that he's this, that he's that. And... Um, Jay White definitely held his own out there. You know, the crowd was very clearly like on MJF's side, as they have been for a long time now. Uh, They chant along to all of uh, MJF's insults and stuff like that. But Jay White made a very good account of himself, I thought. Um, I actually liked his promo work quite substantially more than MJF's in this. Because, you know, just MJF, it's the bazingas and stuff, man. I just, I know it's like part of like his baby face, like run that he's doing, but it's just... I don't know, man. I don't know. Phil, where do you find yourself on MJF's promo work last night when Jay White's, of course, reveal? Yeah, I thought it was very good. I thought this was a really good segment, a really good surprise. Didn't expect to see Jay. And um, the fact that we also got an extended on-screen in-ring promo from him, this is kind of what we've been waiting for. Not just with Jay. We've been waiting for him to get this with anyone. And so for him to get it with uh, the guy that's considered by a lot of people, the best talker in the company. Um, I thought that was great. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It was very interesting to see Jay White um, basically cutting a promo as I would expect him to be from New Japan with a sports entertainment guy. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. considering at one point, a lot of people thought he was heading over to WWE. And it did raise a good question with MJF saying, like, if you strip all of these things away that you were plopped in the hottest stable in wrestling and you got all of these things ready made for him that was the biggest question if he went to wwe without those things who is he without those things and now 
he's gotten a chance to come to AEW and still do what he does best, still keep all of his catchphrase and everything. And I feel like he, in some ways, defiantly answered the question, no, I'm still that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, uh, I thought both of them cut very good promos. Both of them made good points. I didn't agree with a lot of the Tofu stuff because it feels like, it feels very much like an American fan that did not watch Jay White's run yeah. in New Japan's response to Jay White. Like, what are what are you anyway? You're just kind of boring. And, and <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of I feel like that's why his MJF's promo is going to resonate with a lot of people because a lot of AEW fans that are not like staunch New Japan fans feel that way about him anyway. Um, so I didn't think MJF cooked at all. I thought that he was just saying what he thought other fans would think. But I thought it. I thought at in the interim of that, no, Jay is still Jay, and I think he made several points in this. And I think one of the biggest stingers is, you can say all this stuff now, but bro, he's he's wrestled Okada at Tokyo Dome. He's he's main event at Madison Square Garden. He's been on a big stage. Trying to make him seem like he's small time now is no, it ain't working, bro. He, he's he's been on big stages. Yeah, there's another thing as well. It's like, uh, you know, not MJF thoughts to do like Twitter based lines and stuff. Yes. He's talking about, like, oh, I'll, see, I'll get compared to this person and then this person and Jay White. Yeah. But we all know MJF hates getting compared to Jay White and seeing yeah. people like compared. But he's like, that's the very thing that that's like, what we see, you know? Um, yeah. We're, yeah. we're online, you know what I mean? Like, we're part of like the wrestling Twitter space, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I don't know how many <laughs> how many people how many people watching this are really thinking like oh yeah yeah MJF I've seen that too much as well you know it's just, I don't know you know well, the the funny thing is I think that that's what Max excels at I think he excels at um, seeing what is what is uh, what is trending online what are wrestling fans talking about and bringing that to television I definitely think there are many wrestling fans that think Jay White is boring and so I mm-hmm. think some people were looking around like nah he's right and that's why you see a lot of people that are like nah MJF cooked him I don't think he did but that's as somebody that's a Jay White fan yeah absolutely yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big Jay White fan I, I like MJF as well it's just sometimes these promos can just go in directions that really do just kind of make me roll eyes and think you want to, he frustrates me because I think he's better than he, you know? Yeah. Um, Charlie, MJF, I know you go, but you go back and forth every other week I with MJF in his promos. <laughs> what did you it's think like of all this? Sometimes I really hit, and sometimes I'm just like, why are you doing this shtick that you've been doing for four years? And this was one of those weeks. It the Like, the substance of the promo didn't really hit for me, but the thing is with MJF, because of the crowd love him so much, they always hit live. So everyone's just yes. like, well, it hit live and the crowd loved it. So like, why hasn't it hit for you? And I'm just like, because the substance isn't there. He was just kind of chatting on without making any real point that like anyone that knows who JY is, like knows how untrue it is and like how much he did over in Japan and like how much of a star he actually is. But, and I get like, not everyone who's an AW fan watches New Japan. They don't know maybe mm-hmm. like on such a deep level, but, I don't know. I thought Jay White was leagues better with like the substance of his promo here. I think they both delivered it really well, and it was a really good back and forth. But like when it comes down to like what they were actually saying, I think Jay was Jay's was leagues better. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, Jay, Jay's Jay's message definitely had a lot more substance to it because it was like yeah. 
And so, like, when I was trying to recount it, then it's like, what did MJF really say? Like, he called him, he called him tofu. Said that he's got pubic hair on his chin. Whereas, like yeah. Jay, even though even though he was talking for a good few minutes as well, like the point of his promo is that, like, you know, MJF is getting soft. He's got these injuries building up. The Adam Cole thing is distracting him, and mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to be like the real elite champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just more I don't substance. Know. Maybe I read more into the subtext than that was actually there. But I think that line of him saying all elite wrestling world champion isn't feeling so elite is a pretty pointed jab because I think a lot of people that have been waiting for Jay White to come there have been waiting for him to wrestle the elite. And I think in a lot of ways, he's looking like, hey, you're a good stand-in, but you're not Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could say that being one of the layers to it, 100%. 100%, 100%, especially with all the stuff we were talking about like with Kenny earlier, you know. Um, yeah. And people really want the Joe White hangman feud because of, like, it kind of felt like we were going to get that at one point and then they swerved away from it again. That wasn't an intended pun, but it works. So, <laughs> But yeah. no, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for Joe White to be in the title picture because of he should have um, been in it about three months ago, but we're here now. So. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, the ones who are very... You know, well versed on his work, and our fans of him definitely do see Joe Watt as like a future world champion in this yeah. company if he is where he stays long term. Obviously, I don't yeah. know how long his contract is. Don't know if he still intends to go WWE in like twenty twenty six or whenever. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I think he's definitely big, big player wherever he is in the future. Of course, in the immediate future, he's here in AEW. He could be the next world champion. You know, yeah, um, I think. I think to Charlie's point, and I'm starting to believe that he could beat Max because up to this point, I thought I thought Cole would be the guy that beats him. But now that Cole's not going to be there, you've got to pivot. And I, it very much seems like they're still running elite versus Bullet Club gold. Um, the fact that they've got the guns in the, mat, in the, in the four-way match, um, the fact that um, they're still kind of lingering around. The fact that they he's made yeah. the jump from Collision to Dynamite, I feel like yeah. that says a lot. And I feel like this the feud going into Full Gear is probably still Elite versus Bullet Cup Gold. And even if he gets the title match um, with uh, MJF, I think him winning leads to Jay White with the title going against Kenny Omega. <clears throat> yeah, I can see. I can see. Um... Hundred percent. I won't be. I won't be mad at it. The only thing I would say is that I never thought Cole was beating MJF. Never saw really? it. Really? Yeah, I never saw it. <laughs> I just. I, I don't know, man. I just. I just didn't, I didn't see. Either. I didn't see. Um, I started to think it after all in. I felt like. I was like, there's no way they can't do a rematch. Like, I feel like they've got to do like a third match at this point. And if you do a third match, he can't lose again, right? So oh, MJF's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, fi- I figured if he if he got the third match, I thought I thought Cole was going to turn heel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I-, I still think, of course, there's uh, quite a lot of stuff in Cole being the one that turns heel in this whole thing. But yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. I just could never, even even if the scenario would have called for it, and you know, um, that's where the story was going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just couldn't see. MJF dropping to Cole. I just couldn't see that. I just that see the signs of it. The guy is super popular. Um, Tony clearly likes him. He we, does. of course, yeah. have the sound bites of now the guy that was kicking our butts 
when he was champion of NXT was Adam Cole. And so mm-hmm. I think in some ways he would want to see him as champion. I I I think he will be eventually champion as well. Like I yeah, I don't know how long that. this recovery yeah. will take, but I do think he'll be champion sometime. Yeah, he's on, he's been he's had the shit kicked out of him with like those sort of setbacks as well. <laughs> Charlie's dog having a little shake. God bless. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, Cole's had, Cole's had some brutal setbacks with obviously this being the latest one with his ankle. Bro was in yeah. the ring and said he exploded. You know, that's never what you want to hear when you're in the middle of the top of the top of the company storyline, you know. Um, yeah. So I take it you also do not believe that this injury is a work like some people seem to think it is for some reason, even though that he showed an x-ray and showed his very swollen yeah. ankle. <laughs> I don't think it's a work at all. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have enough reason to think it's a work, to be honest. Um, yeah, because like, then you would then you would also tell me that they intentionally went into this pay per view and a handicap match with the right. I'm like, I don't know if you would work and get to that. I like, I can understand yeah. some of the other reasons to work it, but you had a big pay per view match that you had set up. I don't think that you would work to get to that match. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Charlie's dog. <laughs> she likes to make an appearance. Yeah. Fan of the Roach or something. Oh, oh God. Hope not. <laughs> um, and this is a good point from Will Chisholm in Super Chat. Uh, $5 appreciated. With all these ROH champions on AEW, why the hell we can't get the ROH women's champion on TV? Do we have to pay to any card to have her on? Right. I've, I address this like every three days. Yes. So I want to give you guys a chance to talk about it. Why <laughs> um, isn't Athena on Dynamite? Um, how do I say this? Tony Khan does sure? not prioritize women's wrestling. He doesn't. It's just a, just the truth of the matter, man. And I don't think that that makes him a bad guy, but he does not prioritize women's wrestling. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's... That's all I got for you. <laughs> Yeah, when he, when he was watching WCW Nitro and ECW, I don't think he was dreaming of booking five-star women's matches, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, again, it's not like, I don't think he books like awful women's wrestling, but it's not focused or prioritised in the way that no. I would personally no. like to see, you know, so. Um, but even even with that said, it's like, bro, just give us a little Athena singles match, you know. I mean, <laughs> you... I mean, she just gave you one of your best matches this year with Willow. She's been fantastic mm-hmm. on Ring of Honor, carrying that show. Yeah. Carrying that show on her back. Um, no, she should have been, at least if you're not going to have her on All Out, I see no reason why she couldn't have been on Grand Slam in some way. Um, yeah. The fact that they haven't done anything big with her. I think that that is one of the big shames of uh Sheeta losing the belt is that we didn't have to get the Sheeta and Athena match that they were trying to um tease towards on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that would have been a that would have been a great yeah, one. No. Pretty sad. Yeah, man, more Athena, more Athena, yeah. more Athena because she deserves it, man. She deserves it. Absolutely. Um yeah, we got Christian Cage and Darby sit down with Jim Ross. And uh Christian Cage, man, is <laughs> it's the little things for me. So like, even the things like when he found out last week that it's two out of three falls match, he was absolutely disgusted. Then this week he was mm-hmm. saying that he asked for it and it was all planned out <laughs> and he wanted to see if Darby was a real wrestler. <laughs> and, 
But yeah, he, he brings up Darby's uncle that died in a in a car accident because he was drunk driving. Um, and he lost, I think, he, he lost like a nephew or something as well in that accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he was just he was just trying to push all of Darby's buttons. Tried asking him to bring all his family and Nick Wayne, and Darby wasn't having any of it. You know, Darby yeah. Darby wasn't cracking. Um, you know, uh, it did get a little bit weird when he started splashing water in his face. But you know, he was fired up, <laughs> and uh, Christian Cage got under his skin a little bit. Uh, Darby was like, "No, he's not bringing Nick Wayne. He's not bringing his family, and he's told Christian not to bring Luchasaurus either." So. We'll see what happens, mm. you know. I know there's a lot of mm. speculation with this match, a lot of rumours with this match of who mm. may or may not show up. Uh, yeah, man, no, I, I like this, and I guess we might as well talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit. We'll talk about it directly after this, but yeah. Christian Carriage, Derby, sit down. Charlie, did you like this? I did. I thought this was one of the better sit-downs they've done recently because they've been a little bit hit and miss with the JR sit-downs. The Kenny Omega one was something else. Um, Excellent for main purposes, though. Excellent. (laughs) Yes. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I actually think, like, when Darby got fired up at the end and he was, like, scrubbing his face paint off, it's, like, it's something we haven't seen from Darby before. Like, he doesn't, like, lean on it as a crutch, but it's, like, very much been part of his character, like, this entire time. So him, like, winningly just doing that because of something that Christian has said about him, I don't know. They've had really good chemistry on screen, and, like, their collision yeah. match was really fucking good. So I think mm-hmm. the match at um, WrestleDream is going to be great. But no, I really yeah. like this sit-down. Christian Cage has been fantastic. Like, he's yeah. just been so good at everything he does. Yeah, right. Uh... Christian Cage, love the guy. Uh, Phil, you uh, you enjoyed this? I did. I thought that this was one of the better sit downs as well. I think the thing that makes Darby click is that he feels like a real person. He doesn't feel like a mm-hmm. wrestling character, and so I think the fact that he would willingly wash his makeup off because you don't see a lot of wrestlers do that. Um, it just drives home that he's a real person, and um, he just never feels like a wrestling character to me. And I think that that's. I think that's what I like the most about him when he does his promos. Even if his promos don't hit, I do think that he sounds genuine. Yeah, Darby, Darby's good, man. And Christian Cage is fucking phenomenal, especially in like, situations like he's like, he's just a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> but yeah, Edge. Let's talk about Edge. Of course, his WWE contract is said to be up at the end of this week, making him available for October 1st, which just happens to be the day that AEW is running this week's WrestleDream pay-per-view in Seattle. Christian Cage is involved in a big match, a title match. Um, there's you know, there's a lot of rumours. Apparently, people in WWE feel like he's on his way to AEW. I think that's been reported by a couple of places. Uh, what else have we got? He's been removed completely from the WWE internal roster. It came out a couple of weeks ago, but he got removed from the internal roster. And then he was added back onto the miscellaneous list, and now he's been removed from the internal roster completely in WWE. So um, it does seem at this point, like he's told me WWE is legitimately done. And, uh, of course, that brings, with his contract running out this week as well, of course, that's going to bring up mm-hmm. the... The burning question that everyone's been assuming and making guesses about, it seems like the past, at least for today anyway, that is Edge going to show up at WrestleDream? I'm going to start with you, Phil. 
Where do you uh, find yourself on this? I I'm not sure. This felt like um it feels like they threw a pretty big tease out there with saying leave Luchasaurus at home. And this definitely set it up for if he is going to cheat to win this match and he does get help. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't he act like, no, I'm not going to bring Luchasaurus. Sure. I won't bring him. Um, I feel like that was a good tease. It also could be a red herring. I'm not sure. Um, I think that we are going to get some kind of uh, surprise. And I think the fact that Tony threw out this tease of new era of AEW, whatever that means, I don't think he's buying New Japan like some people oddly think. Um, there's like, it makes no sense for him to buy New Japan. He's in a partnership with the company. Why, why buy them when you can just ask to use Wrestles from there <laughs> when you're in a partnership from there? Like, but I digress. Um, I, I do think we're going to see either him or Mercedes, um, for sure. Mm, yeah, I think, uh, I think they're definitely they're cooking up something. You know, they're cooking up something. Charlie, Adam Edge, Adam Copeland, mm-hmm. Mr. Edge, Radar Superstar. Uh, will we be seeing clearly at WrestleDream? It's such a funny pay-per-view for this to be the one for him to, like, debut on. I don't know, like, if it was any other pay-per-view, I'd be like, yes, he's going to be there. But it's WrestleDream, I don't know. It yeah, is no Oki Memorial show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, what a way to honour Inoki. We've got Edge debuting, like, I don't know. But I, I think there's a very high chance that Edge is going to be on this pay-per-view. And man... I am mad at it. <laughs> I'm gonna pop through. I think it's gonna be great, but yeah, I'm a huge yeah. edge mark, so I'm a. I'm still feeling a little bit pessimistic about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You watched all of his WWE run. I did not. I don't. I mean, about like just not pessimistic. Like if he joins AEW, like I'd be. I'd, I think that's great for him, and I think he'll do some mm-hmm. really cool stuff in there. It's not that part of it. It's more so like, do I actually think it actually happens? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I've not <laughs> seen like the big. Like I'm waiting for like Sean or Mike Johnson to kind of. Because like, there's been reports that like you know WWE feel like he may be on his way out, but like, there's no. This, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's part I don't of the know. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like shocked or stunned if he shows up tomorrow. You know what yeah. I mean? We're here talking about the possibility of it right now, but I'm not absolutely convinced either. Uh, um, yeah, I think the fact that uh, he's kind of said more than once that he does want to have a one last tag run with Christian is kind of a hint. The fact that uh, FDR bald seems like. Yeah. It, Seems like he believes it might happen. Um, and you've got to believe if he goes over there and works tag teams, FDR is the team for him to work. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I I think it's happening. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to debut here, but I do think he'll eventually be there. Yeah. Mm. I, I think don't... if not here, then the Dynamite after Wrestle Dream. Like, I think it's yeah. going to be quite snappy with how they get him in. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if he's going to work with Christian again, it has to be here. He's Christian. I don't think Christian's Christian's going back to the Yeah, he's just yeah. Christian ain't going back. So I think if if he wants to work with Christian and do tag team stuff, it's going to be with AEW. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be because you know if uh, Christian Cage is re-signed, you would assume it's at least like another two years. 
Exactly. Christian Kajri, are you going to sign a novel contract after that? You know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the moment, he barely bumps and he still pops me huge when he's out there wrestling. So mm-hmm. um, who knows how long he can last, you know? But yeah, I'd be I mean, very, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I'm at least optimistic that you have Christian doing uh, great character work there um, yes. because. I think if it's just Edge left to his own devices, I'm not as interested. Um, but Christian is, I think him with Christian is different. Yeah. Mm, Especially if like Christian's like the lead person in the act. Because of as much as I love Edge, Christian is like doing the better character work right now. So. Yes. Yes, mm. I agree. I mean, I don't know, man. A lot of people. Uh You've been interpreting a few different things, different <laughs> ways. I'd, I think it's DB, DB, my brother in the live chat, said, uh, according to Ibu, we'll see Edge and Monet at, um, at WrestleDream and Punk to WWE. Ibu's never explicitly said that, you know? He tweeted yeah, he that something's happening, asked. and then he followed it up with yes and that and that too. But he, he's never, he's, don't put that on him, you know? <laughs> don't yeah. put that on him, absolutely not. And, um, Someone else, forgive me, said uh, Meltzer all but said that Edge would be at WrestleDream. Hmm. Meltzer's never said that. Uh, so earlier on today, he said that his contract's up at the end of the week and he knows yeah. that people in w- WWE, as a few weeks ago, thought he was coming in. But, you know, obviously, I don't know if he's said anything during drawing what we've been live, but, you know, I like to think I keep pretty up to date with, you know, kind of like the reports and stuff like that, of course, with the WrestlePurious account and, no one's no, so I'm still waiting for that, like that so big, yeah. you know, like that, like yeah. you know, AEW's in. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what I mean, exactly, yeah. I'm waiting for, but just something. I, mean, I need, I need more of a nudge before I you believe. Can, you can add the other part of this that you know, of course, the report was that he was talking to AEW before he signed with WWE, and then WWE swooped in and brought him back for a Rumble. Um, the other part, there. yeah, the other part that I think is interesting is everybody that says that they think he's all but gone is using kind of the same language that they use when they said that they thought Jay was all but gone in the sense that uh, people over there seem to think he's gone and people over AW seem to think he's coming. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. Like you said as well, like the language used when people talk about it as well in some of these more recent reports is very kind of like, Hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Um, I think it would be a great move for Edge, though, for all the reasons we've already spoken yeah. about. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, next up on Dynamite, we had the four-way Orange versus Matt Jackson versus Penta versus Austin Gunn. Um, I didn't think this was as exciting or as good as the three-way that came before it. Uh, maybe could have been the show. Maybe could have benefited from those switching in the order. Yeah. You know, like had the triple threat a bit later in the show. Um, but you know, this this is all right. This was all right. Orange Cassidy got the win. Uh, Charlie, you got to see another book wrestle. I did. Enjoy this. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it, but I was always going to enjoy it. Like, it's, I like a, like almost all of the wrestlers in this four way. So Austin Gunn was there. It was all right. Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't anything special, but it was never going to be with like, I don't know, especially on like this dynamite. It was it was a weird. Dynamite with like how it was like put together. I don't know. Wasn't a I, lot of wrestling on this. There was not a lot of anyway. It really does make me think that 
like those rumors of people saying about like COVID kind of wiped out the roster this week. It kind of sounds like that might have been the case. So, but uh, for what it was, uh, just a TV match. Matt was wrestling kind of his PWG style and just kind of hitting the hits and doing not a lot else. So, <laughs> yeah, it was what it, it was. I had fun. Yeah, I think I think he's hurt in the place or two. Our our boy Matt Jackson, you know. Yeah, um, God bless him. Absolutely. Uh, Phil, you think much of this? Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, it, it wasn't like I was like blown away by this. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I did uh, see more of my head cannon in here. I don't know if it's head cannon or if it's actually intentional, but I've been saying for the longest that the guns um, don't like their father, so they do everything that their friends do because they think their friends, his friends, were cooler than him. And so he does the double underhook here, and I was like, he was gonna do it. He's gonna do a pedigree. <laughs> He's gonna do a pedigree. Oh, that's, that's a really good theory, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I thought that that was a cool um, blink if you missed it moment. Of course, yeah. after that, we got Canadian destroyers galore. Um, but yeah, this was a fun match. Um, nothing in it really to write home about. Fun TV match. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was fun. You know. Um, right, next up, it's caused a bit of conversation earlier in the week. Even last week as well, because it was originally booked for last week, wasn't it? Julia Hart versus Willow Nightingale. Of course, we know Julia Hart is going on to face Chris Statlander on, at the Wrestle Dream pay per view. So as soon as this match gets booked, you, of course, you are under the assumption that Willow is uh, she's looking at the lights for this one, you know. Um, and as we were talking about earlier, we've got the Owen Hart winners, and you no, know, just not Willow's just great, bro. Like, Willow, she she gets good reactions, she gets good pops. She's a great wrestler. She's really charismatic, and I think there's really something special there that they can tap into. And it seemed like there were. Of course, she got that. I guess it was a blessing in disguise when Mercedes got injured, and she ended up going over in a title match with Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, whatever you want to call her. You know, what I mean, one of the biggest stars, women stars in the business of all time. Um, and, you know, it seemed like they were really taking advantage of the fact that she won the Owen Hart tournament. And then she had the one of the best women's match in America uh, this year with Athena on the ROH pay-per-view. And it seemed like that was kind of a moment to crown her as ROH women's champion there. But she didn't win that one. And it seemed like, okay, um, you know, to the Willow fans that were expecting her to win that one, it was kind of a punch in the gut. But you, you're kind of still optimistic. You know what I mean? Like he was optimistic of like you know they're, they're doing stuff with Willow right now, and and that has slowly just fizzled out, and now we're at a point where she's doing the job for Julia Hart on her way to her Wrestle Dream match with Chris Statlander, which you assume I think it's pretty fair to assume that Julia Hart's probably losing this one. Um, I guess it makes it. I guess it, Willow doing the job last night would make some more sense. I think I said this yesterday to Ibu, but it'd make some more sense if Julia goes on to win the title off stat now, you know, mm-hmm. and not, they're trying to make like a really big statement splash with Julia Hart. Um, personally, not what I would do, but like if that's what they were doing, then I guess the Willow loss would make a bit more sense to me, you know, but I don't know, man. Willow's momentum has definitely cooled down and I think this was kind of like... Uh, just an indication of, of such. The match itself was actually pretty nice. You know, uh, Julia Hart is coming along in ring, absolutely. I think that's undeniable at this point. And Willow's awesome, you know. Willow's awesome. She was bandaged up from the Black Mist last week. Mm-hmm. I guess that was kind of their way of protecting her. But, um, 
Yeah, no, 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 it's match. Julia Hart's going to go on, face Chris Statlander. Very, very big opportunity for her. We'll see how much she could show out in that sort of position. But yeah, man, uh, kind of, I just want more for Willow, you know? I, I, I think I think Willow can be like the ace of the division. Like, I really think she has that sort of ceiling. Um, but yeah, well, where are you guys at? I don't know who to throw it to first. Charlie, Phil, anyone want to jump in? Um, I mean, I'll start with the good things. I mean, I do think that uh, they've uh, they've done a great job of building Julia up. I think giving her this winning streak is good. Um, I think that she's got the presentation down. I think that she's got like the facial expressions and all of like all of that stuff down. And that moonsault she did was absolutely beautiful. Um, and I thought that this was a good match. I thought it was a good competitive match. Mm-hmm. At least it didn't feel like she came out here and squashed Willow, which would have looked crazy. Um, so I, I did enjoy what we got. And I do like the idea that they're building up other women. Um, I just wish that they would, A, do more with uh, Statlander because it, it's cool that you're building Julia up for this match, but in the process of building Julia up, you're not actually creating a storyline around this feud. Mm-hmm. It's just a match of the month thing with the TBS title, which we always see with the TBS title. And I feel like that was one of the things that started to bog down Jade's run as well, is that mm-hmm. it was just always the match of the month. It was always the match of the week or, you know, it's building up this person to challenge Jade and then Jade just beats her and then moves on and then there's nothing else. And so I kind of feel like that Well, with this as well. Like if you build Julia up with this, to Monty's point, and you give her a big win like this over Willow, what does it matter if she just goes to the pay-per-view and loses and then there's nothing after that? Um, Like, yeah, you can do more stuff with Julia afterwards, but I just wish that they would do more with that title. I wish that they would build storylines around Statlander and that belt. Um, As for Willow, I think that, (laughs) um i think that they've just completely kind of dropped the ball from the time on that she won the owen like she won the owen and you had you had something hot there she went straight into the title match had an incredible match with athena it's not even that i think that she should have won because as hot as she was at that point you're not going to tell me take this woman on off tv and then put her on the streaming platform that most of your audience doesn't watch so i i was fine with her losing but i was fine with her losing with the caveat that this meant that she would do other things on TV. And that hasn't happened. Um, (laughs) I think it's unfortunate that it hasn't happened. And I would even be more forgiving of the fact that it it hasn't happened if she didn't kind of go back to this, like, cycle of uh, run-ins and tag matches that she was doing before that. And so it just kind of feels like, all right, what is the direction for her? And I think that that's kind of the thing we want to see with a lot of the women, like, Sky Blue is a perfect example of this. She's on TV a lot. She has good matches. She's clearly included in ring. But what's the direction? What is her character? Where are the stories? Yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of like the generic young baby face on the roster that kind of shows up sometimes. She's from Chicago. (laughs) She's from Chicago, yeah. Tell us that like two times a year, you know? So, I don't know, man. This Julia and Chris feud. They have a built-in storyline, and they've referenced it on commentary a bunch about the fact that, like, the last person Julia lost to was Chris Statlander. 
Mm-hmm. And the characters themselves have not talked about this really. Yes. Like I think Julia mentioned it briefly in her promo on I think Saturday. Brody King I think Brody King oh, mentioned Brody it. Brody did, yeah. yeah. It was just like why does the man in the story have to be the one to talk about the story? That's another issue for another day. We're not getting into that now, but <laughs> there's a lot about this that I haven't liked but there is a lot that I have liked as well so I'm glad that they're actually doing a storyline with the TBS bell but just let the women talk just have an in-ring like let Chris Statlander talk about it because she just keeps running out to save people and there's not really like there's no substance to that like Mm -hmm. it's very surface level stuff because if they haven't really engaged with each other I do think these women coming face to face with Brody King is very cool visuals, but AEW is not going to do anything with that because they don't do intergender wrestling. So again, nope. what are we actually doing that's adding value to these women and their characters? Not a whole lot, but I do think the match that Julia and Willow had was actually pretty good. It definitely was better than I was anticipating. I didn't want to see Willow lose and. I have my theories on why Willow's been called down so long, so much, but we'll talk about that after the pod because I don't want to get heat on anyone else. So um, that's not a YouTube discussion right now. But yeah, oh I don't know. I have a lot of frustrations with the women's division, clearly. Hmm. But there is good stuff going on as well once you dig through the layers of it. Yeah, I'm happy um, that Julia's improving. Is there? I think there are because I think what it is with him, with Tony and AEW is that they'll give us good moments with the women, but it's never consistent. Like you'll get a good match like the Athena and Willow match, or you'll get something like the Brit and Thunder Rosa feud, but then like the follow up and like the weeks that follow aren't there. And I feel like that's the main issue with the women's stuff. It's not that you don't have women that can work. It's not that we don't get great matches or good moments every now and then, but it's just never consistent. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh... We we find ourselves on this topic a lot, though, Richarda. (laughs) Oh, yes, we do. We do. um, Yeah, next up was the main event segment. So uh, Strickland and Hangman Adam Page is contract signing for their match at Wrestle Dream this week, and and um, you know Swerve Swerve's coming for that spot, brother. Swerve's coming for that spot, and uh, Hangman was telling us about like this dark cloud that had been hanging over him for the past year and a half. Mm. I wonder what that was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he talked about how he had all these cool moments, but he couldn't enjoy them. And uh, but he's basically trying to get back to where he was. Um, Hangman's delivery here was very. I don't know. I, I struggle with it sometimes. Like there was a part, there was a part midway through the first chunk of his promo where he like pretty clearly forgot his lines, um, and he like he goes to like grab the pen to like make it a little bit less awkward, and then it's like he catches it and he remembers his lines again, and then he continues to go on. And then like the the second half of the promo, his delivery is much better and stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he kind of uh, you know, he found where he was going at the end of it. Uh, Swerve was really good here, and to be quite frank. At this point, where we're at right now, I do think this will go past Wrestle Dream as well. Uh, this feud, but as of right now, I do think Swerve has carried like the actual content of this feud, and mm-hmm. Hangman has more so got by on the fact that he's Hangman. You know, he's people hangman. love him, and people are going to give him the time to speak, and people aren't going to be weird. He's not going to get like weird reactions from the crowd if his promo isn't hundred percent, etc. Um, people like Hangman, man, and. 
more, <laughs> more so because of that, it makes Swerve, some of Swerve's lines and what Swerve's grudges are hit even more, you know, mm. because Swerve wants that spot. Swerve is, you know, um, saying that Hangman's getting complacent and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as a whole, I think the actual contract signing hit the notes that it needed to hit. There was the brawl at the end. Hangman stabbed Swerve's hand with a fucking pen, you know. Um, like I said, Swerve done some really good promo work and they got what they needed out of this segment, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of hit me on it. Like Content-wise, like promos and stuff like that. Like Hangman, of course, he's the biggest star, do you know what I mean? He Not to like, diminish what he brings to this feud. Look how much the crowd love him. It's Hangman, you know. But uh, the actual content, and the words being spoken, etc. I think Swerve has carried that part of this feud. Um, but yeah, contract signing hit the notes it needed to. Uh, Phil, what do you think of it? Um, I thought this was great. I think that uh, it's weird to say it because um, this is a very heel-heavy roster at the moment. There are a lot of heels. Swerve has quietly become one of the top heels in the company, and I mean, like. In a lot of ways, I think like him coming out and recognizing that people wanted to see the Nana dance right away, and he cut him off before he could do it. I thought yeah, that, that I was a great. That. That was I, great. Thought, I thought that was a great visual. I think the fact that he just like completely no sold it as well. He didn't even say a word to him. It was just like nah, not this time. And then he tweeted like not until we're at home, letting you know mm-hmm. you're going to get a big one in Seattle at the pay per view. Um, I thought that was great. Um, I think content wise and match wises. He's been one of the most consistent guys on the roster. Every week on Dynamite, he's having some of the best segments. That stuff he was doing with AR was gold. Uh, the matches he were having was having was gold. I thought the casket match was really, really good. Um, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna kill it at Wrestle Dream. I think he's gonna have a great match. And I think if the takeaway from this is anything, you gotta push this guy, man. You, it, it's time. You gotta push this yeah, guy into going. the main event scene like now. He's ready. Um, like. He looks the part. He's gotten a lot bigger. Uh, the presentation's there. The promos is hidden. It's time. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's made a really good account of himself, especially especially like very very recently with the Hangman stuff. Never mind the stuff that you've already mentioned that he was doing earlier in the year. Um, yeah, man, it's the, whether he wins or loses this feud, you got to keep the momentum going of him feuding with. The top, 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 top baby faces of the company. Um, Charlie, contract signing, what do you think? I thought this was really fucking good. This has been like one of my favorite contract signings they've ever done. Like, Hangman did meander a little bit throughout what he was saying, but because I love Hangman Law promos, I just stuck with it because it's just like the sort of shit that I love. But, bro, like, Swerve coming back with that, oh, it rains an awful lot in Seattle line, like, like his attention to detail with like the way he delivers things, like the way he like he presents himself, he is like like he like as Phil that Phil said, like push this guy to the moon. I think he should beat Hangman on Sunday, and I think he should beat him again at full gear in a um last man standing match. I think that's where they should go with this. Cause it's very full circle of him, like his whole point is he wants Hangman's spot. Run it as a last man standing match at full gear, I reckon. I think that yeah. could be very good. Yeah. yeah, I'd be surprised if this was a one and done, so I wouldn't be mad mm-hmm. against that. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Um Yeah. Um yeah. I, I do think it's also very interesting to see him in kind of 
hangman spot four years ago where you could just see that he's mm-hmm. hungry man you can see it like you could and everything he's doing the attention to detail like charlie said and all the preparation like the fact that this guy yeah now I, I think that he should beat hangman even if he doesn't win here at full gear i think he should win over in this feud and move on yes yeah, I wouldn't be. Hangman around. can't lose twice in a row. Right. The thing is with Hangman is he is going to lose twice in a row because it adds so much more to his story. Definitely. Because Hangman's turning heel like in 2024. I don't know if ev- everyone's caught on to this yet, but Hangman's definitely turning heel within the next six months. So I hope everyone's ready for that. It's going to be great. You heard it here first. And he's Teflon. Even if he doesn't mm-hmm. turn heel, he. It lose losses don't hurt Hank, man. Like this guy is already meant with with the core audience, man. It's not gonna hurt him. Um, yeah, I did Spurs think needs the wins over established stars, and yeah. Hangman's a great choice for it because it furthers both their stories. Hangman's like he has so much good faith with that audience, man. It's like yeah. what you're saying. Like, he's Teflon, bro. Like he, he can take two losses to an emerging main event in Swerve. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Yeah, so, bro, he'll, he'll be fine, man. Like, if he can go, if he can go out there and forget his lines for like a good five seconds, and people <laughs> just kind of look past it, and yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse, don't even notice it. You know, hardest than anyone talking about it. Especially, um, like, I if think he can take a couple losses to win know? on Sunday. Like, because it wouldn't surprise me if Swerve cheated to win in the first match, because the crowd's not going to care. They're in Seattle. Yes. And then Hangman's going to come back with the, well, you didn't beat me clean, so now we need a stipulation. So, yeah. I, it's very, I, like, easy storytelling, I think. Yeah, I think he can take two losses. And um, I would be very surprised if Hangman, the guys that <laughs> started a lot of controversy with this Workers' Right promo, would be backstage like lose to that guy no i think he understands like for the better good when he needs to lose and i think they understand like even when you just look at how um people didn't like the swerve said that he wanted to be the first black aw world champion Mm -hmm. and hangman made a point of mentioning it again in this promo Mm -hmm. i think this says a lot about hangman and how hangman understands what his part to play is in this company yeah, hopefully, not, not we've all made the point. Like, hopefully, it does work out for Swerve, and he's you know he's kind of like a big launching pad for him. Because as soon as we saw them come face to face a couple of weeks ago, it's like okay, Swerve's getting into some serious stuff now. Hangman's finally getting a singles feud. Like let's cook, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah, at the, at the end of this, when all the brawling stuff comes on, like you know the graphic comes at, comes on at the mm-hmm. bottom. But there's some commotion backstage, Phil and Charlie. There's some commotion backstage. There is some masked men in all black beating up Jay White in the back and they throw him up against the wall to take him out. And then the camera pans to someone wearing MJF's devil mask. But the person appeared to be way too thin to be MJF. They weren't stocky enough at all. Um, they were very slender. And, uh, yeah, everyone's been trying to figure out who, who did it. Who took out Jay White at the end of Dynamite? There's been all kinds of guesses. Some people think it's just simply the Kingdom and Adam Cole, Roddy and Co. Some people, Charlie, I've even seen people suggest that it might be the oh. what's the Maria Canellis Milf group that you like. Yeah, 
with Cole Carter yeah, and Cole Carter and Griff Garrison, bro. Yeah. I think it would be so funny if that's how they get <laughs> Maria Callis back on Dynamite with the Kingdom. Just like, yeah, it's Cole Carter, Griff Garrison, Matt Taven, Roderick Strong, and the All Stars. God, is it Mike Bennett? <laughs> that's the other one. Deal. So uh, I've seen I've seen people I've, say it's the LFI. We know MGF has made some deals with the LFI in the past. Um, what other suggestions people have we seen? David Finley and the War Dogs, which is yeah, I've seen that. Seen all kinds, all kinds of guesses, which I guess is a good thing because it's kind of the, yeah. adds to the mystery. Like it seems like no one actually has like a real, no one's super confident they know who it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, no. some people even think it's Adam Cole, even though his yeah. ankle. Exploded. Exploded. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know who my guess is it to lock in at this moment in time. I guess it would just be, you know, the Kingdom and Roddy just to play it safe, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't, I'm not confident in that at this point. Uh, any guesses, Charlie? <laughs> I have no idea. But I just like running with the Bullet Club narrative because it really annoys people how much I like David Finley. So they're very clearly in Japan right now. But it's very funny to talk about it. Yeah, some um, people might think maybe the standings, you know, because yeah. like they were so like a lot of them, like they didn't look like they were built like wrestlers, like a few of them. No. Yeah. That may end up being a hilarious insult in a few weeks if it gets revealed, but it was, you know. Yeah. But yeah, some people have even speculated that it could have just been standings and it's meant to yeah. be, you know, MJF and whoever else, but it was actually these standings or I don't know. Uh, Phil, you got any guesses? You got any you confident um, at all? Um I mean straight away, I think the easiest guess is Adam Cole. I mean, all of the signs point to Adam Cole. The fact that mm-hmm. they teased him having a long phone call with Roddy earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the the we got the thing even in the righteous segment that called him a liar. Yes. Um, you got that uh thing going around of the mass sitting behind them yeah. after they went it all in. Um uh oh and he followed them out of the promo yes. before MJF cut his promo on Jay White. He followed he followed those three out. And if you remember, at the time, Roddy was like, yeah, I got to talk to you. Come back in the back. We got to talk about something. Mm-hmm. All signs point to Adam Cole. Um, the fact that when we see him, um, they very much make a point to not show his lower half. Yes. All hints seem to point to Adam Cole. Um, I'm not sure if that means it is him, though. It could mean that they want us to think it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I also somebody, saw somebody in the chat say Jack Perry, and that is very interesting for a lot of reasons, if it's Jack. Um, and there is plenty of history between MJF of why that would make sense. Um, yeah. I don't know, but for storyline purposes, it makes the most sense for it to be Adam Cole. Um and I mean, the guy that's standing against the wall during the beatdown very much looks like Roddy. Um, I could be misjudging this, but looks the like Roddy. Up of that guy, and it looks like he's literally wearing a neck brace underneath yes. his mask. It's so funny. Very, very funny. Um, I don't know if it is Adam Cole, but like I said, all of the all of the clues seem to point towards him. Um, I've also seen people that believe that this is a work say that Adam was favoring his right foot during uh 
<laughs> during Grand Slam, but when he came out, his left foot was bandaged. I don't buy into all of that stuff. I do think that he's really hurt. I think the fact that he showed the x-ray and the swollen ankles means that he's really hurt. Yeah. I don't think he would go that far with it if it was just a work. Um, but I yeah, yeah. But that's why I'm like, I. this could be their way of setting up stuff for Adam Cole by the time he comes back and keeping him linked to MJF. Um, but I'm not sure. There's many directions that they can go with this. I think the fact that it is so unpredictable and they have people so interested in uh, a whodunit is very good. I think that's good for mm-hmm. the company in terms of just how invested people are because um, for a long time, people were more invested in backstage stuff and stuff that had nothing to do with the television show. So I think that this is a great step forward. Yeah, You would have to assume that we uh, all gets revealed on the weekend as well, you know, because it would be very peculiar to the AEW Dynamite ending on a cliffhanger like that and then it not actually lead into the pay-per-view that you're trying to sell this weekend, you know? Yeah. um, Um, But... Again, if we want to go back into this match. Mm-hmm. If that oh, group of people helps Righteous win. Stop oh it, man. I would not be surprised. <laughs> and at the end of it, at the I'm end of it, it. I hope it opens a pay for you. Because if I see MJF getting pinned. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised if this <laughs> plays into the match at all. Oh, man, I can't. But, just, but see, I, but the other thing is it has to tie back to Jay White. And who would have reason to want revenge on Jay White? Adam mm-hmm. Cole. Yeah. Well, I've got more yeah. questions and answers for people, you know. Um, all will be revealed, but as Phil said, it is, it is cool to see everyone kind of like guessing yeah. who it is and it causing all this conversation. It gives us a podcast topic, you know. It's um, mm-hmm. give us a thumbnail, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good conversation conversational wrestling stuff, you know, but um AW um, Dynamite was it was uh not your typical Dynamite which is loaded with four star <laughs> matches or anything. But you know, they were trying to build stories and do stuff like that. So um I I just immediately thought of a very funny theory that is absolutely okay. preposterous. But <laughs> okay. um the person that debuted with a reveal for the mask on was one CM Punk. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that also has history with Jay White was from Collision. Um, that would be like too funny for me to handle. That would be absolutely yeah. preposterous. If it's if that's <laughs> if that's punk and like FTR and like maybe two other guys, that would Bobby be Fish. absolutely preposterous. Bobby Fish. Absolutely not. There's money to be made, Charlie. There's money to be made from Bobby Fish. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But no, of course it's not CM Punk, but just the idea that it could be him is very funny to me. Indeed. Um, Could be absolutely anyone. Who from Impact's uh, contract's coming up? Um, <laughs> the last... Sammy Callahan. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Um, okay, we've got a couple of super chats. I've got one quick question for you two, and then we'll get oh. out of here. Uh, Darren Walker, £5, appreciate you very much. Julia Hart's only 21 and has improved her character work. Her entrance is fantastic, mm-hmm. and her in-ring work is improving too. Agreed? Yeah. 
yeah, man, she's coming along. She's coming along nicely in terms of a talent developing. Um, Will Chisholm, five dollars appreciate as always. Jay said it straight up. She wants to wrestle the top women in WWE. Tony Khan never did that, and I know other women felt the same. Um, yeah, that is definitely you know we we missed out on a few big Jay yeah. matches in AEW because yes. of that. So I I, um, I think uh, her going out of her way to put over leadership with WWE before she wrestled a single match is kind of telling. I don't know what that means, but I paid attention to that line and sat up immediately when I heard that. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> name dropped them all as well. She's like, you know, Br- Bruce, Nick, Dan. very very interesting i don't know what that means but i definitely noticed that Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah hopefully she gets a mix up with the top stars becky's already mentioned that um you know i think i think rhea's the rhea or bianca's like the match you know um Mm -hmm. yeah i obviously bianca obviously bianca's away at the moment um she's taking some deserve time yeah. off. Rhea, Rhea's like, you know, Rhea's like the hottest a woman's probably been in WWE since Becky and the man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious because it seems like they're leading in a way with their women's pay-per-view matches. Like, it very much feels like they're doing Bianca Charlotte at some point down the line, possibly Mania. So I probably. don't think we're going to do the Bianca match that soon. I also would assume they're trying to protect this woman and prepare her for that match first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, Becky's a big match to get out of the way right away. Uh, the only way I could see is if she's going to beat her for an NXT title, but I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't even be that mad at that. Like, I think I, she's yeah. definitely a star deserving of being on Raw and SmackDown from the jump. But if the first thing she does is beat Becky for the NXT title, that kind of, you know, that obviously brings a lot more eyes to it and a lot more bigger of a platform yeah. to it. And say if her NXT run is literally just her with the title for like a couple of months and then she just moves on to the main roster, then I don't think yeah. I'd actually be that mad at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ideally, I'll just have a straight on the main roster, to be honest. I'll just, I'll <laughs> pedal to the metal straight away with Jay Cargill. I know that yeah. I understand the skepticism behind it and she's. You know, she's still new. She's still relatively very, very new as an in-ring performer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I'd fucking, I'd figure it out for Jay Cargill. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd we'll be do fine. The bit. Have her first match be Natalia. It's got you. Got to do the bit. Come on. Do the bit. Do the bit. Uh, do the mixed tag match at a pay per view. Whatever. Cody yeah. and Jade versus uh, Rhea Please. and Dom. Just, come on. Do do yeah. do all the bits and then get to the mm-hmm. big matches. All right. Yeah. Last thing I want to ask you. What about Mercedes Monet? Any chance to see her tomorrow or anytime soon? Where 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 do you stand on the Mercedes Monet journey? Journey. <laughs> um, this shot. This show has to tie back to New Japan in some way, right? Because this is a. <laughs> this we is got a Shibata, I guess. Um, we do have I Shibata, but we we have... associated these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have very little um, actually connections to New Japan. So it kind of makes sense for her to debut here. I actually feel like it makes more sense for Mercedes to debut here than Edge. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Because, because of the connection to New Japan. But um, I think it's happening. I think it's interesting if she does debut here that there's no women's world title match on this card, um, which is kind of why I thought that we were going to get a Soraya match announced at some point. Mm. 
Um, but I don't know. I still think that we're going to get something from Mercedes on on Sunday. E- either she's going to be in the crowd or something. Video package, sort of something, you know. Something. Honestly, I I think if she's ready for it, I would just open the show with her music hitting. To be honest, make a statement. Yeah. That would be based, you know. It'd that be would be fucking based. awesome. Um, I mean, I do, I do kind of like the idea of her coming out after uh, the TBS title match. I think it would overshadow Julia in some ways, but I do kind of like the statement of her popping up and going like, "That was Jade's belt. I want to win Jade's belt." Um, mm. Wouldn't be mad at it. No. I definitely yeah, think she'll have a presence at this show, even if they just put her in the crowd again, like they did it all in. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think <laughs> she's gonna be there. She sits up there like fucking Beyonce or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a beast, man. We'll see. Oh, I do think we'll get at least one surprise on the weekend. I'm not sure which one it will be. Like I said, I'm kind of pessimistic about both. Um, with Mercedes, it's more so I don't think she'll sign a contract with AEW. I think she'll yeah. do like a p- appearance here or there, but I think... Um, I think ultimately she ends up back in WWE, to be very honest with you guys. Um, Edge, of course, you know, there's all the reasons seem to point to him being in AEW. It's just I'm kind of waiting on some more reporting about it. But if there is no more and I'll get pleasantly surprised, then that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Good old days, as people say. Yeah, the other thing that I stood up and paid attention to from this Jade interview were her multiple interviews because she did two interviews. Um, She just like casually threw out there that she's been she had been training with Mercedes. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Which also leads me to believe that yeah, she will be at AEW. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. uh, Should be a really big show. The 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 cards shows up. Mm, that is a good one because um, she is basically making a case that she is done in Japan. She's been, yeah. Like if you look at any of her tweets from the last, like, She's definitely three pointing weeks it out. So, yeah. Similar to the Mercedes thing that Phil was getting at. No, I don't, I don't know like the position. And with Mariah May, you can't really like just throw throw in the way you can with Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. if you've got nothing, even if you haven't got like a clear spot for Mercedes, you can do what you suggested, Charlie. You can just be like, all right, Mercedes open the show. No, because she's that big of a star. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because of the nature of the TBS belt, you can do that with anybody because it's kind of an open challenge belt. So mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if she like came out, like confronted Statlander either. I think she makes sense yeah. in that spot as well. Um, you think people know who she is if she does do, and then if she does do like an introduction, do you think the people know who she is? Because that would kind of be something I'd be considering with Mariah May's debut. Um, well, I mean, it would be kind of like the Jamie Hader debut, where people who know her know her, but people that don't are gonna think she's Becky Lynch for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I watch AEW with my parents and that, and they thought that Jamie was Becky. And I was just like, no, that's Jamie Hater. And they were just like, who the fuck is Jamie Hater? I was like, hold (laughs) on, it's okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Criminal. Um, But yeah. Dynamite. Uh, Hits and misses. Mm -hmm. Far from a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. It was definitely a different Dynamite, though. Wrestle Dream looks pretty stacked. Um, seems like we may get a surprise or two. We'll have to wait and see. 
you know, figure out who, hopefully we get to the bottom of who attacked Jay White. See what Edge is getting up to, maybe. Um, but yeah, man, it's been, we've had a nice little show here, a nice little AW Dynamite review. We're going to get out of here. We're going to wind down. Please like and subscribe, people. Likes very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already, of course. And um, Phil, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, sure. You can watch me on Grapsity every Saturday at noon Eastern time on Fightful's YouTube channel. Um, if you would like to buy one of our lovely hats, which I am wearing, you can buy one at grapsity.bitcartel.com. Um, you can also read my writing at Bleacher Report and probably somewhere else that I'm forgetting because I forget things because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us. But yeah, a lot of good stuff. Phil's always putting out good stuff. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you already know about Grapsody and what they do over there. So yeah, support what he's doing. Charlie? Got anything you want to plug by any chance? Um, I haven't got anything right now. I'm working on some stuff, but I've had to do adult stuff as well when it comes <laughs> to like getting readjusted to not being a university student anymore. So things are coming, I promise. I have some big end of year projects that are coming up that I haven't told Monty about yet, but oh. <laughs> there is stuff in the works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, but yeah, guys, again, thank thank you so much uh, for watching, Phil. Thanks for stepping in and being our very special, world-famous guest today. Uh, Charlie, (laughs) thank you as always for being my fellow co-host on these Thursdays. And uh, again, like, subscribe. Appreciate all the super chats. You guys have been great in the live chat. And we will catch you uh, today's Thursday, Friday. Do we have anything planned for Friday? Maybe the the Unpurist guys will do like a WrestleDream prediction show because I know they like to do those when the pay-per-views are coming up. then on Saturday we may do like a um, I think we'll do like an AW collision watch along. Sunday we might do a Wrestle Dream like pre-show. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Just keep an eye on the Twitter page. We discussed it briefly last night. We're definitely doing a Wrestle Dream watch along. Not sure about collision yet. Okay. Well, no, as always, keep an eye on the Wrestle Purist Twitter page and you'll be kept pretty up to date with what we've got going on over here and on the Twitch channel. So One last time, thanks for watching, and we will catch you over the weekend. Peace.